0: You're listening to Once, episode 149, Kansas. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be talking about this episode, Kansas, which I'm going to call this basically the penultimate episode before the finale.
1: You can't go changing up the penultimate badging. <laughs> We've already given that name to next week. Can we call it, gosh, what comes before penultimate?
0: The pre-penultimate.
1: Okay, this was the pre-penultimate episode. I think that's more appropriate anyway.
2: I thought you labeled something else the penultipate. Penultimate. <laughs> Penultimate. <laughs> what is well, it? Penultimate?
1: Penultimate. Penultimate. Like ultimate, Penultimate. but in a pen. Wow.
2: That was terrible.
1: <laughs> that was great. Uh, well, we we labeled the first hour next week that...
0: Well, see, the finale is actually a two-hour event. It is two episodes back-to-back, not just one single episode. Mm -hmm. But I believe the way that they're going to do this is make it as if it's one episode. Probably.
1: But like I said before, other shows have done that and shown them on two different weeks. And so I I like making the point that they've gone ahead and shown them both on the same day this year so that the, the penultimate episode doesn't seem like... Well, that was a big setup now we have to wait a week for the rest of it
0: yeah i'm very happy so remember this this coming finale is a two-hour event and it's actually going to be just a tiny bit longer so if you are using a digital video recorder dvr then make (laughs) sure that you extend that out an extra few minutes after the show ends, so that way you won't miss anything at the very end. And there isn't anything special before the finale, even. It's just America's Funniest Videos before (laughs) it. Which we do not do a podcast about. (laughs) No. So you can just start your recording at normal time, watch it at 8 slash 7 central, and we'll have our chat room going, the full two hours that we'll be chatting during the live show, and then afterward, we'll do our... Initial Reactions podcast, which will be great. But let's talk about this episode. (laughs) Which will be great. And let's start with the past. When Zelina meets uh, Glenda here in the past, it, it tells a lot about Zelina's personality, I think, that she was expecting a fight.
2: Well, if I were Zelina, I'd be expecting a fight, too.
0: Yes, one would. She's
2: not a very nice person, so... (laughs)
1: Yeah, do, <laughs> people true. probably want to fight her a lot. Like, here's a fireball, and and did do you notice that the flames look different? No. Um. Yeah, a little bit
0: softer. I think.
1: Yeah, I've basically decided that they got new flame generation software <laughs> <laughs> because we had incinerating monkeys and doors last week. Now we have different uh, different flames. Perhaps. I thought it was funny that Glinda wasn't really a fan of the wizard either. Yeah. Kind of like, well, maybe he should be a monkey for a while.
3: Glinda
2: does not seem very good witchy to me at all in this episode. (laughs) Specifically in this scene, she seems, she seems, yeah, like she should, I don't know. She just does not seem on the up and up. At all in this episode
0: It makes me wonder if Glinda was thinking The prophecy was About Zelina Dethroning the wizard That the wizard was supposedly The worst that the land had ever seen
1: He wasn't that bad right.
2: No, I was wondering if Glinda Is the worst the land had ever seen And we just don't know it yet And the prophecy was about her Which is why she had to Kind of make all of this happen
1: Maybe. I know that's a little bit Maybe
2: of a stretch <laughs> but she she just she doesn't seem you know the original Wizard of Oz movie and she's all oh you've had the power to go home your whole life like she doesn't <laughs> seem very fluffy pink dress
1: she doesn't seem to travel in bubbles
2: no but she just doesn't seem very Glinda-ish at least she moved
1: this week she didn't stand in one spot like a fixed point character in a
0: video game so that was good Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We also got some feedback from someone, uh, I believe, in our forums, saying, I don't understand Glenda at all. When she first meets Zelina, she gives her the thumbs up for turning the wizard into a monkey. But after Zelina melts and Glenda just shrugs it off, she is the first to head over to the wizard's place and be all buddy-buddy with the disembodied voice behind the curtain, not to mention expose innocent young girls to this, quote, trickery.
1: Yeah. And by the way, um, props to you for spelling Glinda properly. That's become quickly a new pet peeve because I'm seeing it in um, ha- actually some very uh, prominent places. I'm seeing people saying Glenda with an E instead of Glenda oh, with an I.
0: Zelina is another one that's... I've seen a lot of <laughs> spellings with an I instead of an E. Just flip those vowels. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll get the spelling correct.
1: Yeah. It, that didn't seem very consistent especially since the way glenda described him he could never give people what he promised them the hope that he promised them but he sent well i was gonna say he sent she wasn't surprised when dorothy was sent home Mm -hmm. which had the wizard and had the wizard been there and had he had the slippers like he did for zelena he could have sent dorothy home so he can give you know make good on the promises of hope that he makes because he's acquired these magical things. So, I thought that was a bit of a strange description that she gave of him to Zelina.
0: Right. Yeah. And you, you'd think he'd somehow, like, want to side with Glinda and the other witches get in on the magical people.
1: Right. They must have just thought, well, you don't wear a dress like we do, and you don't wear a pendant <laughs> like we do, and you don't have an updo like we do... Oh, and you don't have magic. So, you are an imposter and you cannot be in any kind of prominent place in
0: Oz. Well, for the prominent place in Oz, that is that Witches of the Round Table area.
1: (laughs) So strange.
0: Each of the witches here represent some different part of magic. Glinda is love. The Witch of the North is wisdom. uh, The Witch of the East is courage. And... The Witch of the South is supposed to represent Innocent. Or Innocence. Mm-hmm. Which they said is the most elusive of them all. And they picked the worst person for the job, really. Right. Because she's far from innocent Well, they
1: thought that she could However, reclaim Innocence. <laughs> yes,
2: Innocence Reclaimed can be just as powerful as Innocence Born.
0: That's true. Yeah. And this this Book of Records is one of those things that's really interesting but i don't know if we're ever going to see anything about it ever again because it's one of those big powerful things that whoa all of the future of oz is written down mm-hmm. but clearly it's in kind of prophecy form right. right
1: i thought it was interesting that it looked so much like the book for a moment the first time around i thought it was the book from storybook i was like whoa they're just slipping this in there Glinda's the keeper of the records and she writes it all down and it's in this book and that's what ended up in Storybrooke but no it was it was just Oz and it was actually thicker it was a bigger book which I suppose it would be but it was very similar in shape so it makes me I kind of don't feel like Glinda would be responsible for the other book but it makes me wonder if many lands have a keeper of the records that kind of thing
2: Hmm. And who's the Enchanted Forest might be. I know. (laughs) I liked that um, I haven't read the original Wizard of Oz, so I don't know if this is, um, if the love, wisdom, courage, and innocence thing being compared to the witches is from that. But I do like that it's kind of a throwback to the version that I do know, which is the original movie where it's like the Tin Man would be love and the Scarecrow would be wisdom and the Lion would be courage and Dorothy would be innocence. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am interested. I should probably read that book this summer (laughs) because I also was thinking that the record book and this prophecy could be kind of throwing us into what season four is to
0: bring. Yeah, the season four question is... Big, And I know we'll get a lot into that in the finale discussions when we hit that. But here in this scene with the witches and the pillar uh, in the background, I'm not sure if you noticed a bunch of these little characters on the pillar in the background, but our friend Joel sent in some research that he did on these symbols that are in the background. He said... Uh, inside the magical gazebo for witches, the letters are from the <laughs> Thebian alphabet, or it might be Thebian alphabet, also known as the Witches' Alphabet. The alphabet was historically has historically been used by the occult and those practicing witchcraft to protect the meaning of their spells. And we'll have a link to Wikipedia for more information on this. <laughs> but, okay. But uh, he actually went through and he found an alphabet of this and he translated hmm. some of these things and they do actually translate this i'm having a little really bit cool. of a
1: reaction to this the way in lord <laughs> of the rings i think it was gandalf reacted to the language of mordor and he wouldn't speak <laughs> it kind of like really okay yeah they were called witches in the wizard of oz why are we getting into actual stuff used in occult practices i'm not i'm not super cool with that
2: yeah, it's kind of inconsistent with yeah. what the theme that they've set.
0: So Joel said, and he wasn't able to get complete translations here because some characters were missing or bl- too blurry in the screenshots, but he said, uh, There are four sections, each with two pillars. The setup kind of reminds of Stonehenge. Each section represents one of the four directions on a compass. South, or a triangle, represents uh, it translates as... Guardian of the southern lands, west is an upside down triangle, and the text is keeper of the western realm. East is a triangle with a line through it. Says defender of the eastern barons, and he said because of limited camera angles, I could only see, def of the barons. So he's inferring the rest, which I think is a very reasonable defender of the east. Uh, Eastern barons, I think, is a good inference there. And then uh, North is an upside-down triangle with a line through it, and it reads Protector of the something, and we couldn't quite make out the rest of it. Uh, I would guess probably Protector of the Northern and it, it's something that ends with DS, Northern Lands is my guess. Hmm. Based on just what it kind of looks like. That's why I'm expecting that it is saying also for what it's worth uh you can see the emerald city in the background which i thought was really cool and huh, some I didn't of these different notice. scenes so really cool great research it, I... joel thank you for that we'll have some more information and some screenshots in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 149 that you could check out to see how amazing some of this research is so the the four witches here since they represent these different elements or these different uh, aspects of magic and these are the same things that Zelina later needs in order to make this time travel curse it makes me wonder whether these four witches actually could travel through time or change the past. I don't think so.
1: There's no reason for Glinda to have hidden that. I mean, maybe there's a reason but I... I highly doubt it. It's just been apparently long held by everybody that you can't do it.
2: Yeah, and even what um in the present, what Rumpel was saying to Zelina, like it does it doesn't matter if you go anywhere, you're still gonna be you, you're still gonna be the same person. It's possible that even if those four witches could do that, they're aware that it wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Even if they could.
0: Yeah. But how did they get the book of records?
2: They're the, they're the powerful witches of Oz.
0: That's a question that will probably never be answered. And we don't really need the answer how to it. It's just rumpled get his seven. stuff. I mean, it happens, apparently. Yeah, there will be a season where it's just Kitsis and Horowitz dressed up in fairy tale costumes just answering <laughs> fan questions. How did this book come to be? Well, let me answer that. Which one that. of them will dress as Glinda. <laughs>
2: Yeah, just random suggestion, ABC, for the series finale (laughs) DVD set that you're going to have out in maybe 10 years when you finally cancel the series. Uh, Do a a Q&A with Adam and Eddie where they can answer all of the questions that we still have at the end of the series (laughs) as a special feature Easter egg on the the series. There you go.
0: That would be awesome. And by the way, season three is not yet available for pre-order. We expect it to be available for actual purchase in probably august that's when it's been the last couple seasons Mm -hmm. so probably by then is when you can actually walk into a store and purchase it but as soon as the pre-order is available on amazon we'll let you know about that by posting about it on our blog and you can most likely get to it when it's available by going to once podcast.com slash season three and if you visit there before you uh purchase then that helps support the podcast, too, because we get a portion of that purchase and anything else that you purchase at the same time through the affiliate program. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. yeah. When Glenda tells Zelina she has to let go over the past, the next thing that we see is her looking again, being envious of Regina. And this is really cool, what they did here with the scene, is... Now we know timeline-wise, because what Glenda is seeing through the magical floor is... <laughs> <laughs> sounds so great when you say it that way. <laughs> she is seeing Regina and Rumple and the unicorn when Rumpel was telling Regina that you have to take the heart of this unicorn.
1: Again, sounds so great when you say it that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that happened in the episode, The Doctor... In the episode, the Doctor is also the first time that we heard about the Slippers, and Jefferson said that they had been moved to another land. Word has it that they've been moved. Which that happens a day, maybe a couple days after this scene that's happening right now, which is Regina having to pull out the heart of this unicorn.
1: And You're it's, basing that on what she saw in the magical floor?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> and what's really interesting is not just the timeline here of what this is giving us of how these things fit together and they do fit together well i think because it's probably just a day or two later that um that zelena gives these slippers to dorothy and dorothy then leaves and so that's what how jefferson was able to come back in the episode the doctor and said i heard that they've been moved to another land how did he hear it well it's fresh news, so it's not really been confirmed yet. Is he friends with a monkey named Walsh? Maybe. Perhaps. but Also, what's really interesting is going back and rewatching that scene from the Doctor, Regina couldn't take the heart of that unicorn because she said the unicorn was so innocent.
2: Hmm. Oh, that's cool.
0: And unicorns are a symbol of innocence, which... Kind of makes me wonder why couldn't Zelina just use a unicorn horn instead of a baby?
1: Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, well, because there's nothing more innocent than a newborn babe, and none more innocent than that one. Well, apparently, apparently. What's also- even though
2: innocence is elusive?
1: Yeah. Well. <laughs> yes, but true love.
0: What's also really Truist. interesting mm-hmm. is the scene, the whole purpose of this scene from the doctor is that Rumpel is telling Regina that something is holding her back from being, from reaching her full potential. And then here's Zelina seeing this, and there's something <laughs> holding Zelina back as well. And they both need to let it go. Yeah. And, and, the, and past leave is the past in the past. past. In the past. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're so awesome. Uh,
0: Podcaster team, high five. Hashtag frozen forever.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my.
0: Mm. One of the really important things to what makes more sense about the present also happened in this scene. When Glenda gave the pendant to Zelina. (laughs) Yeah, I have a thing about that. What's your thing?
1: <laughs> I loved that she puts the pendant on her and then is like, mm, cool, that looks really good. By the way, that now completely changed you. Your power's now in there and it's kind of your life. So don't take it off. Okay? I didn't even yeah. give you a choice before I put it on you, but there it is. That's
2: the price.
0: Well, so she said in many ways it is your life. I took that as now. Yeah right in many ways as
1: in you know if the dark one ever stabs you um
0: you might come out of that as green smoke or if you ever need to go up against a young wizard with glasses and a lightning scar on his head (laughs) then you could have some way of resurrecting yourself let's call it a how about a horcrux (laughs) oh no 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 because it's only one
2: (laughs) well but that's that's the original definition of a horcrux (laughs) yeah
0: So I think what this means is it, they didn't call it that by name, but I think that's the way that they're taking this is that her life is tied now with this pendant. So if the pendant isn't destroyed, she can still live.
1: And again, the only reason I'm kind of okayish with this is that I think it's pretty obvious that it was planned from the beginning of this story arc, right? Because it, Definitely has the flavor of a last minute twist, but it, I, it's clearly
0: not. So, and okay. I'd, I'd mistakenly said in one of our past podcast episodes that Zelina was wearing the pendant in past Oz before this. Oh. But no, she wasn't. No. It no. didn't even turn green until
1: yeah. she sent Glinda away. Yeah.
2: It was so prominent, though, in the present scene since we met her that it had to be significant. Right. So.
1: I'm glad that it was. It wasn't just like, see everybody, the witch. Did, um, but did we actually ever see her without it in Storybrooke? Because we had thought mm-hmm. that maybe we did.
2: I thought we did too, so I would like but to But I back very and much hope watch. not,
1: because that would be a mistake.
0: Actually, she's had very high neck outfits before.
2: So it could have been underneath. So yes. it was either
0: underneath or kind
1: of on top and blended in with the. Because I think she's like, even in this last scene, she was wearing it on a scarf or something. Yeah, Like on the blouse or something like that. And and that would be good, because apparently just taking it off undoes all her magic. Like the monkeys turned back into people, just taking it off. So she couldn't have taken it off, I suppose, at any time.
0: Well, except that there was a moment where we saw her put it on just before... The fight with That's Regina what she said. Which mm, it, uh, I don't know. That's it, a little iffy, guys. It could have just been something that they did for the effect. Like she took it off, got changed, and then put it on, and it's the dramatic now you see it. Maybe when since she's it wasn't it
1: out of her possession, it wasn't taken from right. her. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that has a something to do with it.
0: Just
2: and, like Rumple can set his dagger down, right? And that doesn't make him lose his power. But if somebody takes it, then. His power's gone.
1: That's true. That's a good point. I like that. But not quite
2: as dramatically and greenly, but...
1: Greenly. I wish that he would wear it
0: on his neck. (laughs) (laughs) Just wear the dagger as a pendant. Remember, he had the shawl that he wore, and when they had to take it off at the airport, he started getting all dazed and a little confused. But then as soon as he put it back on, he got his memory or his whatever it was back again.
1: Yeah, I think that was a little different.
0: It wasn't really his life. It was just his mind. We got so many Yellow Brick Road references in this episode and got to see the Yellow Brick Road so many times as well. Yes. Follow, follow, follow. And when they're looking at the Yellow Brick Road, the cyclone comes. And the thing that I think this tells us is that Zelina did not cause maybe either cyclone. I think all it really tells us is that green cyclones are perhaps not as uncommon as we might think.
2: Apparently not.
0: Well, it was a surprise. Yes. And they were expecting someone to come through. But yeah, maybe the cyclones aren't common. I don't remember everything that I did as an infant.
1: Not everything. (laughs) So she might not have intentionally caused her own cyclone. She Mm -hmm. might not remember it. But I think it's still on the table.
0: And it could also be that when cyclones happen, they just don't usually bring people through. Yeah. But they those, are um, happening commonly.
1: It takes a rare, perfect storm to create an interdimensional or or whatever you would call it, cyclone to travel between worlds. Those aren't common. Yeah, that's true.
2: But then, so how did one come from our world that had no magic and bring Dorothy?
1: Eh, you know, details. <laughs>
2: Um, a detail I did notice in this scene is that, and it it kind of like didn't go with the prophecy, which I thought was interesting, is so when Glinda met met Dorothy, she said that she must be a very special girl to have survived such a ordeal. But in the movie, Glinda said that Dorothy must be a very powerful witch. Which is, that would be more on root with what the prophecy says that the that a powerful witch will come by Cyclone to dethrone the most evil person. So I don't know why they changed those words, but it would have made more sense if Glenda had said, oh, you must be a really powerful witch instead of just a really
0: special right. girl. Well, I think the reason why they didn't change the word or that they did change the words is because Glenda basically already said that and it was to Zelina.
1: Right. And I think this glen glinda. <laughs> glinda um as you kind of pointed out before in a different sense seems different than the glinda we're used to maybe a little bit more uh aware knowledgeable mm-hmm. so yeah. it would be a silly mistake for her to just sort of say to someone who clearly might not even know anything about witches oh you must be a powerful witch it would just sound really silly i think
2: yeah, I keep forgetting how old that movie is, The Wizard of Oz, and that like women weren't really. She probably <laughs> wouldn't have been allowed to, you know, be super awesome back then.
1: <laughs> well, Dorothy was kind of super awesome. She well, threw water. She, she threw water on a wicked she threw water. witch. She wasn't really, I guess, a lot different than this Dorothy. So you're right. <laughs> yeah,
2: hashtag jealous of a twelve year old is what I'm calling this episode.
1: <laughs> she was. That's great it was it was pretty silly she is just jealousy is just her thing it gives you green skin
2: and red i guess is envy different than jealousy
0: Uh, not really here they're basically saying it's the same thing technically they are different but commonly people use them interchangeably yeah in our forums there has been a discussion about dorothy and Fee said one of the various theories I'm battling around for the finale is that Emma will end up being swept up to Oz in a cyclone in the past and that's where she'll come into her magic again and will off Zelina for real this time, not like what happened with Dorothy. And it will be Emma who fulfills the prophecy. They've already started characterizing her as being more witchy, even with the and witch thing, remember at Granny's diner? The And yeah. Witch sign. That her oh, sock, gosh. Part of a sandwich sign glowing <laughs> right over the top of her head. I forgot about that. So maybe she'll end up inheriting the, that fourth pendant in the finale. I guess maybe the product of true love would be more suited to the heart seat. But it could maybe make her a fit for innocence, too, because her magic is so pure. Hmm.
2: We do know that her heart is protected. I really like that theory. I'm getting really sick of our main characters always being separated from the people that they love, but I do like that theory. Yeah. It's very well, feasible.
1: I've realized recently that some of the stories, for example, most of this half of the season would be almost better told in a, in a 24 style format where it's in real time because that would eliminate so many problems. Like how I would get upset that they would go on about their normal lives. And it's like, um, there's a big right. danger out there. You should still be looking for this person. They often wear the same clothes day to day, so it would solve that question. <laughs> and and I forgot where I was going with that. But it is it definitely would help with a lot of problems. <laughs> no, it, that is that's where I was going with that. What would happen is we've seen all this turmoil in their lives, but we would have maybe a sense that, in days or weeks or months or years in between, they've had normal lives. Now, it wouldn't work very well for Emma's thing, but that's we'll get to that. But it would, you know, I guess it would keep it from always feeling as though they just never, ever get even 12 hours to be together. They're always going from one disaster to the next, which I guess is why Emma wants... To get to away leave. from it, but some of these things, even this episode, took place just moments after the last one. So a lot of the time, these adventures happen in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost tightening up that time frame could help with some things.
2: That's been that's been a big critique of the show, as far as I can tell on Twitter and stuff, is that you know, these moments that we're expecting these characters to have, they never have. So it took like a whole season for Emma to like hug her parents after she (laughs) found them. And it took, it took like a season and a half or no, maybe just one season for like charming to like treat Emma like his daughter. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all of, there's all these critiques and then, There was the – everybody was so happy when that scene happened between Charming and Emma when Neil got sucked through the portal last year. And then there's never really been anything else. Like, there's been a couple things this year, but this is such a character-driven show. Right. Like, everybody's obsessed with the characters and the story, but it's kind of like they they neglect the character relationships – for the sake of the story, yeah. so I really agree with what you're saying. Yeah,
1: I dare say it's not as character driven as maybe intended. Sometimes there are there's a lot right. there are a lot of events to push through, and so I think it often is an event driven show.
2: Yeah, just I think just so many people are so in love with the characters.
0: Yeah,
1: and I think that's what they intend, and I think that's where they try to go, and often get there
0: a character we didn't get to see in the scene that I would have expected is Toto. Even some reference <laughs> yeah. or mention I know. I carefully Dogs. looked through screen captures of <laughs> this crashed house to see is there Toto written anywhere? I couldn't find it.
1: Even, you know, like just a broken collar with a dog tag and maybe a paw. <laughs> no, I don't wish bad things for Toto. He's just safe in Kansas.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't find it anywhere, but it was great that she said, this is in Kansas. <laughs> but, of course, they're not going to bring in all of the exact lines from everywhere. No, that would be strange. No. Especially with such a different story.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a side note, when Glinda was walking in the forest... happened to notice that the bottom of her dress was getting absolutely filthy i found that hilarious i guess she doesn't use the magical energy to keep her dress clean she just probably when she gets out of the mud just kind of poofs the mud away that would be my guess
2: (laughs) it's quite a dress and it's very wet in vancouver so they probably didn't have much of a choice
1: but i like the authenticity of knowing that even at night they are apparently filming outside for real
2: Mm. yeah there's been a lot I think of outdoor all night filming just from actor feeds and stuff this year. Yeah. Particularly.
1: So we we kind of have another prophecy that maybe has some ambiguity and some question around it. Kind of like the Rumple what does undoing mean yeah. thing forever. The the question in my mind is is this story as simple as it seems? Or is there more to it? Because I don't feel like Dorothy particularly unseated Zelina. She didn't have a chance. She got sent back to Kansas. She did kind of unseat her, I guess, just by making Zelina angry.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it was, because the way that the prophecies often have to be read is not quite as literal as we might think in some ways.
3: Pesky detail.
0: Yeah, and and the prophecy did say that she would be there until she unseated the greatest evil that the land has ever seen. Oh, and interesting, all of that. that's true. So once she did, which she did by this, by just being there, she unseated Zelina. Then she left, and Glinda was thinking, well, this means that Dorothy is going to defeat Zelina completely and rid right. this land of her. No, she just dethroned her, basically. <laughs> But did
2: she? Because she seemed more evil with more power after Dorothy left. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think it would still be a cool
1: twist to go back and have Zelina still be that person. To have her arrive, maybe via another cyclone, for some reason, in the end, and unseat a great evil. The problem is, that would all have to be for another season. There's no way to explain how another greater evil came into oz and did whatever this person did and shows alina unseating them and blah 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 there's no way to show that this year so that would have to be another season and i don't know if they want to do another oz season or half season right so I'm, I'm just saying the possibility is there it may be that they've muddily i say i think it's muddy if this was sort of the fulfillment of that prophecy I
2: still think that that Glinda has something else to do with this. (laughs) Sneaky Glinda. Sneaky Glinda. She can wear white all she wants, but if she was that innocent, she'd be sitting in the West seat. She's
1: like, I was banished and now I'm surrounded by white. Look how good I am.
2: But like I said, if she was innocent, she'd be sitting in the other seat.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. right, right.
0: (laughs) Now, I love the reference to the original movie and the book that happened here with Dorothy at the well with the bucket of water uh, <laughs> throwing it, accidentally throwing it <laughs> on Zelina
1: ah, you cursed rat look
0: what you've done I'm
1: melting, melting oh I forgot it sounded like that. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) That's from the original MGM. And by the way, yes, it was MGM in one of our other episodes. I accidentally said, or mistakenly said, Warner Brothers Studios, but it was MGM that did that original uh, Wizard of Oz. Now, the book, the way that the book goes is that uh, the Wicked Witch of the West was after the Silver Slippers that... I almost called her Alice that Dorothy had and the way that the Wicked Witch of the West ended up melting was that she put up an invisible bar and uh, Dorothy tripped on that and in the tripping process lost one of her slippers and the witch grabbed it and Dorothy was so angry that she threw a bucket of water at the witch just because she was angry.
1: Well, that's what I do when I get angry.
0: (laughs) And then that's when the witch started melting but this episode i mean this uh, yeah this episode was much more like what they did in the mgm movie where what happens in that scene that i pulled the clip from is that the witch lights her broom on fire what which does that that's kind of weird but then she starts <laughs> to light the scarecrow on fire um, and there's all of this forgot. panic and then dorothy grabs a bucket of water and throws it at the scarecrow to try to put out the fire and some of the water splashes then on the wicked witch and that's when she starts melting well
1: i thought the melting effect in this show was very good yeah very good
0: Mm -hmm. it was not quite as creepy as raiders of the lost ark which is good oh oh my (laughs)
1: no no
0: (laughs) now the water thing by the way was never explained by the author of right. the Wizard of Oz, the whole Oz series, the water thing. I
1: guess she's just so wicked.
0: But water <laughs> is held by many religious uh, groups to be some kind of purifying thing. And that it either purifies the soul or it combats evil to many different religious groups and in different ways. I mean, you even look at Christianity, they talk about baptism, but it's not that the baptism cleanses you. But it's a symbol of being cleansed of sins and some other things. So some cool symbolism that this all came to play like this. And it, it's just, I don't know, it melts your heart a little bit, I hope. <laughs> Except I that know. it wasn't real in the show. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't real. In there was episode. a lot of
1: stuff that wasn't real. Yeah. You know, meltings and, and love and winning all these things were fake i'm a little bitter a little yeah. bitter uh, i'm wondering though if this was a little bit of a hint as glinda explained what would happen if zelina or by defeating zelina that all her magic was undone does that mean that whatever she manages to do to the past if she's defeated later on does it all get undone Just just by defeating her.
0: Maybe. Would give them quite a license to play with the timeline quite a bit. Unless whatever she does at the end of this episode, which we'll talk about more when we bring Hunter and Jacqueline on. But if whatever she does changes everything and then they keep that change, even if Zelina is defeated, they keep this new alternate reality or alternate universe that they have and then continue with that storyline. So it's still everything that she did happened, but it's not that uh, it, everything was undone like retroactively right. through the past. Right, right. Or undone necessarily right at that moment, like Glenda kind of implied here that, oh, the wizard is now back to his, himself because Zelina's magic is undone. Right.
2: So is Zelina's magic undone? And pr- I'm so confused. In present day, if Zelina is dead, and that's maybe just, like, her essence or something? I'm just wondering if Glinda is maybe back in Oz now.
0: Well, I think, no, Glinda was banished to another land. Basically sent.
2: But by Zelina. So her magic is undone.
0: But
1: it's not, like, a a magical effect holding her there, maybe?
0: Right. Yeah, I don't think it's that... uh, It's kind of like, well okay, Zelina teleported to such and such location, or she sent someone to a certain location. Undoing her magic doesn't mean that person returns back. It just means that if they were being held captive there by magic, that magic prison is undone, but the person is still there. Okay. Right. So like little John in Storybrooke turned back into himself from being the flying monkey. He didn't Teleport back to where he was before he turned into a flying monkey.
1: Do you think any of the flying monkeys were flying at that moment? And then poof. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Thump.
2: We only got to see the one.
1: Mm-hmm. Which Bye, we'll talk Philip more and about.
0: That. <laughs> Toma asked, Is the prophecy really about Dorothy? And she said, I think the prophecy could have been interpreted in another way. Zelina, by fighting her dark side and winning, could have been the sorceress who fulfills her destiny by defeating the greatest evil. In other words, her own darkness. Unfortunately, she chose to believe that the prophecy controlled who she is instead of trying to create her own destiny. That was ultimately what leads to her downfall. Defeat yourself. (laughs) Well, there was a lot in this episode about believing in yourself, and yeah, you are what you believe yourself to be. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like. really
2: liked. I really liked that line that Glinda said to Zelina: "If you believe you are evil, then that is what you will become." And then that was totally foreshadowing what happened in the present, which we'll talk yeah. about.
0: And the last thing that we see in the past is when Dorothy and Glinda come to fake wizard of oz (laughs) and everything here is uh i think not further telling us that the prophecy isn't exactly literal but it's somewhat figurative in certain ways of how it was fulfilled but we get to see then Dorothy sent back home, which means that Dorothy is back in Kansas, our world, and the silver slippers are presumably then in our world as well. Maybe that will come into play at some point.
2: I think it might.
0: Like, that could be kind of cool, Emma having to go into Kansas and find this Dorothy person, knock on her door and say, there's no time to explain. Uh, run for our Marty Or I mean no she would say I need those silver slippers quick there's a question
1: oh I had the same one I bet what time like would Dorothy be alive when did she come from yeah is this
2: fictional Kansas that always stays <laughs> in black and white time or is this actual Kansas swear,
1: there's a fictional Kansas and it's a separate world from anything we've ever seen I'm going to do some transformations of people into flying monkeys myself. Oh,
2: do you know what, though? With the curse having been, like, 30 years ago, and then this having been, what, like, 15 years before that... Yeah, I, I still right. don't know if it works, oh. but it might. Like, when was the original Wizard of Oz supposed to take place? Like in the 30s, right? Right. Oh, interesting. So it might it might be okay, but I had that exact same question at the exact same time. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> and about the slippers and fictional or real Kansas, I'm going with it's real Kansas because of two different things that we heard in different episodes. In the episode, the Doctor. When Rumpel and Jefferson were talking about the slippers, Jefferson said, I've heard they've been moved to another land. And Rumpel said, that's what I needed those slippers for, to get to that other land. Mm. So that being this land. Also, in a more recent episode, in the episode It's Not Easy Being Green, Zelina said, I could have taken you to that land. When Rumpel was telling her that he needed to get to a land without magic. And she was referring to the slippers that she had which, timeline-wise, here, that starts to confuse things a little bit because you'd have to squeeze in Zelina's training into before she has been um, had this second chance in everything, which I think fits. So, like, when we saw the episode, It's Not Easy Being Green... When she first goes to see the wizard, goes through all of this, meets Rumple, everything that all happens before this, where right, which it has to because Walsh is a monkey a and green monkey. skin, yeah,
1: and red lips, yeah. I noticed those two things actually both went with the with the envy. Her lips changed from bright red to normal when so she was stopped.
0: I think the slippers are in real Kansas.
1: <laughs> okay, fine. I like that we'll go with that i don't know if they can come into play in this story it all depends on what what she's able to accomplish as green
0: smoke before we move on to talking about the present i want to thank some people who give us presents you see what i did there i do see what you did there <laughs> big thanks to this is a long list of names steve johnson david newland lisa slack laura silver laurie and kelsey hunt a new subscriber and paul dickinson for sponsoring this episode of once podcast we really appreciate the support because it keeps the podcast going and enables us to do new things with the podcast as well and paul dickinson specifically wanted to sponsor with a message oh not just his name so here's what paul says magic comes with a price but not rules There should be a guidebook for the once writers to help them make the universe self-consistent. Get on it, Adam and Eddie. (laughs) That's good. Uh, uh, (laughs) Thank you, Paul. That's funny. (laughs) And also on Patreon, we're now up to $15.50 per episode. Big thank you to everyone supporting us through Patreon. So if you would like to become a one-time donator or an automatic monthly donator or donate per episode that we release you can find out all of those options over at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor and again big thanks to steve david lisa laura Lori, kelsey and paul and all of our patreon backers for your contributions we really appreciate it indeed yes so now let's go to the present
2: sword so- and a ford
0: <laughs> At the hospital, during this whole scene that happens in the opening, I like how they were going back and forth between at the hospital and Zelina getting Rumpel's golden brain. And the way that they did this whole thing felt like a season finale or like a season premiere because the way the music was, the way they were cutting back and forth, the action, everything just felt so um, intense. And it felt like the way that the season one finale started off. It was just action, action, action. In a in a hospital too. It bringing someone else in. Yeah, it didn't feel that intense to me.
1: Yeah. Main reason being season one, Henry was dying. And this time it was like, oh look, having a baby is hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it felt it felt more intense the first time around. This time, watching, I was like, Yep, that's no having a baby. <laughs> the, 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 scene, the cut scenes, it was, you know. Wicked is coming, but yeah, I actually <laughs> I re- laughed a little bit.
2: I really liked the camera tree in this scene, the camera man yeah. Oh, I was like, it the was, camera tree? I didn't
1: see a tree with any cameras. No, the like, the, the cinematography. Way they filmed.
2: Cinematography, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I really loved, like, I don't know. I just, there was a scene where they like cut to Snow's like hand on the wheelchair and like, you know, just showing her in pain, and mm-hmm. I, I think that they did a good job of showing, like they're not only panicked because the baby's coming, they're panicked right. because they know what else is coming as a result of the
1: baby coming. That's true. There was sort of a sense of hush. Don't try not to scream. Zelina's gonna know <laughs> the baby's coming. You're in danger. Yeah, there was. It was. It was well communicated that there was. There was a cloud over. What should have been a happy birth?
0: Now, I'm going to take a twist here on something. A twister? I, yes. and a cyclone? I'm it's a twister. I'm going to mention Lost, but I'm not going to quite spoil things. What in, season? In all seasons. Okay. In Lost, Don't listen, you're familiar with the... <laughs> yes. Whenever there was a flashback. Mm-hmm. Partway through the season, the way that they did flashbacks changed, and so did the music. Or so did The that sound tone. effect, yes. Yeah and then another part of the season the way that they did those flashbacks changed again and they changed that tone that transition tone again correct and so the transition tone kind of signified how the flashbacks were working well listen to this this is most of the way that the intros go in once upon a time
1: noticed what you're talking about
2: my ringtone
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so then here is the title music to this episode (gasps) it's higher it's clearly higher yeah yeah i noticed but what do you what do you think that means considering that these guys also worked on Lost,
1: like time travel is coming
0: I think no. so. I'm thinking that's what this is hinting at and maybe the next two episodes or if they do an intro for the last episode, but the next intro we see may be similar to this and give us a hint that this is kind of a slightly different universe. I Just don't like-, like that. <laughs> In uh, some of the episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, they changed the intro for this alternate reality sort of storyline that they told for a few episodes same kind of intro but just changed a little bit enterprise
1: you remember that right i do remember that yes it's uh it's effective because it makes you feel like your world has changed yeah and honestly time travel (laughs) now that we've seen this whole scheme defeated once and brought back up it would be really strange if nothing happened yeah, Especially since, let's face it, we've seen a Doctor Who reference in Once Upon a Time before we even knew time travel was a question, I believe. Maybe. Mm, I can't remember y- at that point. I
2: think, I think it was in the same episode where we decided or That's at least first theorized that time true. travel was the end game.
1: That's probably true. Yeah, but thank I you just, for playing those two intros. I noticed, but I wasn't sure how uh, how different it was.
0: The first time I heard it, well, on TV, I thought, oh, they messed up the signal. <laughs> like, they are playing it too fast, or they transposed it somehow accidentally. Like, our local affiliate, that is. But no, that's the way it is in the recording that comes down from iTunes, where we purchase each episode to get our sound clips and yep. screenshots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then Rumpel and zelena start preparing this thing and very reminiscent again of more witchcraft because witchcraft has certain things about like you have to cast a spell in the middle of the circle uh, two common popular movies that showed this in different ways were one um was in the first episode or the first movie of sherlock holmes he had to make this circle and do some spell sort of ritual things in order to understand stuff better. Yeah, and also in the of course movie about sorcery, Sorcerer's Apprentice, which came from Disney, they also talk about the circle and what it represents for casting spells and helps you focus the power a bit more. So Zelena has Rumple making this circle in the dirt, and she has this thing that looks kind of like a compass kind of like a clock but it looks a lot the pattern in this thing and we'll have screenshots in the show notes at dot com slash 149 the pattern in this little clock thing is the same pattern that rumple is carving into the ground and it's the same pattern or very similar pattern to what was on the table with the four witches back in that gazebo huh Well, it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. I... Okay, so that answers a question, because I saw a compass, I was like, not another compass, or is it the (laughs) same compass? I don't really know. (laughs) Apparently, compasses are very important in magic. Who knew? I think Zelina has not watched nearly enough sci-fi, because anyone (laughs) born in this world who has watched sci-fi, or... Who was cursed to think that at one point they lived in this world and watched sci-fi, which might include many of the inhabitants of Storybrooke, know that you cannot predict how your future is going to come out just because you change perhaps just one event. Right. That is true. Changing the past, even if possible, is plain stupid. (laughs) But she's clearly driven by envy and doesn't care. But well, she thinks and she knows saying, how this is going to go, and I think that's silly.
2: And she's saying she's trying to fix the past as if there was a mistake to be fixed.
1: Right. If it's not Which, broke, don't fix it. Well, right. <laughs> well, Cora. I mean Cora. Goodness. I do, th-
2: <laughs> I do think, though, that that could have been a clock, a watch of some kind in her hand. The only, the only show that I have ever watched that has had time travel in it is the show charmed which there were actually tons of charmed references in this episode huh. um just because there was like a really magical baby born in charmed and there was a unicorn thing in that episode and the lights flickered and etc oh, wow. um but in charmed i believe and i could be wrong because it's been a while since that show ended there was a thing where they had to go it back into a time portal and like they needed the watch to know when to leave, like when to get out of the time portal thingy. Huh.
1: So well, that's awkward. And that's kind so of we're like watching even charmed, and we didn't even know it.
2: Yeah, hmm. but it's kind of like also in Harry Potter, like Hermione needed to know when she used the time turner in the Prisoner of Azkaban. She needed to know how many. Like Dumbledore had to tell her how many times she had to turn it back. Right so that they got to the right point in time
0: <laughs> and if you've never seen it go look up how harry potter should have ended on youtube <laughs> that's what i was thinking of. i haven't seen that i will oh go look at there's a joke about the time turner in there so true <laughs> mm. honey badger just takes what it wants <laughs> wow by the way i'm not the only one who noticed the correlation between the we'll call it a compass because it most likely is since the witches represent north, south, east, west, and the compass is very similar to them. Also, Joel, of course, Joel noticed this, too, and said it is exactly the same as well. Back at the hospital, it's uh, hmm. the way that Emma is setting everything up, and especially with the way that she talks to Henry and a little bit later on in the scene. It just sounds like, yeah, I'm going to go get some milk. I'll be right back.
1: Right. <laughs> it's true. It's like, so I, sorry, kid. I got to go take care of the switch. Like I do. And I'll be back. Again, I'm just going to hashtag consistency. Why am I speaking all these hashtags? Somebody stop me. <laughs> I did the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> we'll forgive you. Now suddenly we're questioning. Okay. The whole point of the curse... This time. And everything that they've been working for is that light magic is what can defeat Zelina. Period. We had to come get Emma. She, it was the only way. We had to kill Charming because we have to cast the curse. Because we have to get Emma because light magic will stop Zelina. Now it's... Uh, do you think this protection spell will work? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if your brand of magic is stronger than Zelina's yes yes it is what the heck and there's regina on the other side of the room practicing light magic before the big climax of the episode where she uses light magic she was helping with the exact same protection spell i don't get it
0: yeah Yeah. well i think it could be that well for one thing could somebody just invite me
1: to the writer's room maybe because at least i can point some things out
0: the spell the protection spell did not work No, it didn't. And if it was, it should have. Yeah. Well, if it was truly, completely like magic, which maybe it wasn't, maybe there was a little bit of Regina's mix in it, and so that's why it was so easy to break.
2: But Emma had already lost her power when Zelina went to the hospital. Well, so it's possible that's why the protection spell didn't work.
0: Oh yeah,
1: maybe.
2: May that that's yeah that okay. i had that as a question like in that scene is, is that
1: why it didn't work but i think they could have spared 2 seconds to flash to the hospital and show the protection spell come down when emma lost her magic yeah
0: they should have but again maybe it was one of those things time that they had no, to cut it out no 2 seconds you had time <laughs> true <laughs>
2: um, i have another hashtag consistency
1: problem. <laughs> I mean, cut a second or two out of Emma's CPR. My goodness, it was important if yeah. that's what happened.
2: <laughs> in the scene where Zelina and Rumpel are preparing the casting area, Rumpel says, and I really liked this um, at the time, he says, no matter what you change of your past, one thing remains the same, who you are, and that is a fate you will never escape. But then later in the episode, Regina's all like, I'm changing. Like, she's changing who she is.
1: Yeah, and they, they go over that over and over and over again. That's half the point of the show. But yeah. I thought we'd established that you can change. But apparently, Rumple, that's a good catch. It, that's some foreshadowing I didn't catch. But maybe saying you he can't just, change.
2: Maybe he's talking... Well, yeah, because he's totally disagreeing with everything that even Glinda was saying, which is, like, you're in control of your destiny, take control of your destiny, and... Um, innocence reborn is just as powerful as innocence or what is it? Innocence re
1: whatever reestablished is now I forgot you, (laughs) you cast a spell
2: anyway, that (laughs) it's more that it's just as powerful as innocence born. So it's, it's inconsistent, but he just has his own ideas maybe about fate and destiny that aren't necessarily consistent with the writer's ideas.
0: Back at the hospital, it's clear that Hook is really trying to make amends with Emma. And I think, you know, they're both kind of right in their own areas, in their own ways. Eh, Yes.
1: I feel, like I said before, that Hook, as far as her trust of Hook, he has been left in charge of Henry's protection several times. And he was the one who was there. He was the responsible adult. He absolutely did the right thing. And she's being ridiculous for whatever reason. And not just about that. I'm not a fan of Emma's current frame of mind. The whole leaving thing, the whole everything that she's about right now is rather irritating to me.
0: Yeah, a lot of the fans really don't like it. But I think it is very realistic, the way that she's being.
1: Maybe because of the whole they don't get a moment to rest kind of thing. But how does she not, with her background, how does she not have her family and an actual home with them as a priority? Mm
2: -hmm. Maybe she's planning on bringing them to New York. Maybe. I doubt it.
1: I think that's giving her a lot of credit. Uh, I'm not sure why she decided to take the fight to Zelina, as she put it. Because shouldn't she have stayed to maybe try and protect the baby since she wasn't even sure where Zelina was?
2: I think she was trying to meet her.
1: I guess it was preemptive. But it still seemed like unless you know exactly where she is, you could be taking different streets and totally missing each other. And since David said at least Hook can draw fire, which was pretty rude. (laughs) Which he did. I think she should have been prepared to let him. Not that I'm saying she should have done that, but I mean. (laughs) Well, she kind of did. Yeah, I don't know. that They walked in there pretty unprepared, yeah. but I guess we'll get to that.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, Emma, I think Emma is so hung up on the whole hook thing because she really cares for him and he's in her circle of trust and so she feels even more kind of betrayed. She actually, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, referred to him as a loved one in a backhanded kind of way in this scene because... Um, Hook said, like, see, even your dad gets it. And she goes, because he knows about keeping secrets from loved ones. <laughs> I know, it was horrible. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you just called Hook to hook a loved one. Like, you love him. Aww. Uh, Even oh. if it's not romantic love, I think she still has a fondness for him. Actually, um, I'm going to
0: disagree with that. Because I think the two ways that that statement was meant was David keeping it from his loved ones, and what Emma, I think, meant was Hook keeping a secret from his supposedly loved... supposed loved ones.
2: Oh. Uh, Because he... Because she knows he loves her. Right. Right.
0: Not that she's referring to Hook as a loved one, but that he was referring to her that way. Or she's acknowledging that he's referring to her that way.
2: Pesky details. But yeah, that's true. Um, But I... I do like... I it it endlessly annoys me in shows like this when the good guys sit around and do nothing and just wait for the evil to come hmm. And so I really liked when Emma said I'm taking that like I'm I'm going after her and it reminded me a lot of uh Buffy actually Phoenix Heart 815. Um, or 815 <laughs> messaged me on Twitter and was like oh my goodness this episode reminded me so much of this Buffy episode and I didn't her and I can talk I didn't really get that the reference to that specific episode but there's an episode in season 7 which is the final season of Buffy so spoiler alert if you're not done watching it when there's this uber vamp that nobody can defeat so like it's it's killing people Buffy cannot slay it and that's that's a big deal. She's the vampire slayer. And she just finally says, she finally just does it. But then later she refers to it as, like, she needs to take, they need to stop just sitting down waiting for evil to come like it always does. Um, And that she's done waiting and that they need to show the evil, like who they are and they need to win because they're more powerful than evil. And that, that's kind of something that this show Lacks a little bit sometimes. They always say, like, good will always win, but good doesn't really take that for themselves. Hmm. So, although Emma's uh, (laughs) attempts were not (laughs) quite quite as good as Buffy's
1: in this instance. (laughs) So, props Uh, for going after and uh, and props for falling hard. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's great. While all of this is happening, Henry and Archie are over with the newspaper and. Henry's talking about finding. (laughs) (laughs) They make that
1: sound so exciting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Henry's talking about finding an apartment not for he and Emma, but it seemed like he was talking about just for Emma because he said Mary Margaret's is going to be pretty crowded with the baby and he's going to be back and forth with uh, Regina, which it sounded like back and forth between Regina's and Mary Margaret's. And then he referred to Emma Uh. won't be able to sleep in her car. So it yeah. sounds
1: I didn't take it that way. He's looking for a place for Emma and he's going to go be going back and forth between Emma's yeah, and I, Regina's.
0: It's not that clear, but it Which makes it, the most sense. Yeah, it, it does the two, make sense.
1: I was going to say custody of him, but I'm not sure there's any legal documentation for someone who doesn't really <laughs> exist in this world.
0: Yeah, legally <laughs> Regina would still have custody of him. But Well,
1: not. no, because Regina well,
2: because it was never
1: really a real adoption. <laughs> there was that and then Regina ceased to exist and then she was back so i don't know what really (laughs) paperwork wise i'm not really sure but that's the (laughs) least of my concerns at this point especially with history possibly being rewritten anyway
0: but he's completely okay with going back and forth between his two mothers yeah yeah which is cool that he's not like saying you know i'm only going to be with one or the other but fully acknowledging that i've got these two people who mean very much Mm -hmm. to me in my life but the newspaper is really interesting oh, there are dear. a couple of easter eggs on it oh, man. when we first see it nothing really stands out except one particular house or property was described as charming <laughs> but when it pauses and we can see a bit more and see sharper text i looked at a lot of stuff on the page and one of them the center thing on this page says apartment for rent two bedroom two bath clock tower views was a master woodworker in the enchanted forest so all cabinets are custom <laughs> where's <is> geppetto
2: going <laughs>
0: yeah. more importantly where does your food go when you put it away here's the other thing okay this this might be a little bit creepy okay uh but there's i think a it's phone hilarious number. there's a phone number a real phone number stalker listed i did call call it it. (laughs) of
1: course he called it i would have saved it to call live on the air
0: well i I thought (laughs) about it i did record it though but it's it's nothing special so i'm not going to even bother with the recording but there is an actual phone number an actual extension and it this spot where the phone number is is about this uh, real estate company or property company and i called the number and it is a real company it is noble and associates property management that is a real company in vancouver bc <laughs> and when i called them you can check them out by the way at NobleHomes.ca. wow and i called them and i said i'm doing a little bit of research here do you currently rent any properties out to abc <laughs> disney anyone in the steveston area doing any kind of filming And the lady said no. But the tone in her voice almost made it sound like maybe some other Once Upon a Time fans had (laughs) called. (laughs) I wasn't the first one.
1: That's terrible.
0: So don't call. I called and it's a dead end. We
1: called on behalf of a large enough segment of the fan base who would notice such things.
0: Yeah. So that's about 6,000 of you out there who don't need to call her. Don't call. (laughs) Yes.
1: Call us. They probably warned
2: her that you would be calling, (laughs) because they they knew that you would be calling as soon as they made that clear.
0: But if you need some property management in Vancouver, then I can recommend a good company.
1: (laughs) If I move to Vancouver, I'm totally using this company. I just want to say that Henry, assuming they're staying in Storybrooke, shows that he has a heart, a brain, and courage.
0: Ooh. So he can tra- time travel by himself if he has a baby.
2: If he well, he, well he's oh
1: innocent, my. isn't he? He is fairly innocent. You know, he mm-hmm. has had his heart ripped out and stuff. I don't know how that affects the innocence. Heart of the
0: truest believer. <laughs> he's never wanted yeah. to have anything to do with magic.
1: I just want Emma to be inspired by her son. I'm sure she'll mm-hmm. come around,
2: much like Regina was.
0: Aww. <laughs> Emma and Hook then go out to actually meet Zelina. I think
1: she would object to that phrasing. They weren't going out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In their little walk, there was a nice little lost reference.
1: real for me, for him, everything that happened, happened.
0: <laughs> there was a lost episode called Whatever Happened, Happened. And not to spoil much. Oh, good grief. But the episode <laughs> did deal with time travel.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so spoiled anyway. You are so it's spoiled. Fine. Would you it's just okay. watch them already? I <laughs> need to wait until I have time.
0: Well, okay. Ha, huh, time.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is where I really got... Uh, Annoyed? Upset with Emma. I never should have brought Henry back to Storybrooke. Really? You really should have left everyone else that you care about in this curse to have Zelina's evil plans be fully... Enacted? Really? Come
0: on, Emma. She said something like this before. She said that she remember on the boat in the season three premiere <laughs> when this whole fight and the thunderstorm started. Yeah, she was saying that she should have never come back. Oh, or sh- should have never gone. Should have never gone to the store. <laughs> well, yeah, she right. Have just I'm pretty sure it. I said something yeah.
1: similar then. You're right. She just, just remember.
2: Emma has. The emotional maturity of a 14 year old.
1: Well, I guess that's her true. and
2: Henry are the same emotional <laughs> maturity wise. So I guess she that is true. just has unhealthy coping mechanisms and they're running away.
1: At least she that's tends to do the right thing when the pressure's on like right. saving hook. Well, yeah.
0: she put the pressure that. on him. Oh my,
1: <laughs> there was not a kiss about that. Yeah, <laughs> it was not a kiss. And I guess it was a contact curse and not an intent curse.
2: Well, she just kissed, cursed his lips.
1: So. She touched his lips with hers. It wasn't a kiss. Right.
2: No, no, I mean Zelina <laughs> cursed oh, yes. Hook's lips. And that's always how it has been said, right. is that she cursed his lips. So it didn't have but to be yeah. true
1: love's kiss to curse, which I knew. but.
2: And yes. yeah, that wasn't a kiss, but it was contact to contact. and But Emma kissed Hook, not Hook kiss Emma, and I was very disappointed that... I was very disappointed in this scene.
1: Oh, for that reason? For
2: Yeah, that's that's the only note I even have under this scene. Did you want
1: Hook to kiss Emma?
2: No, I wanted Emma to kiss Hook and for her to break the curse on his lips because she was kissing
1: him. Would have made more sense, especially the whole you can't take my heart, even when I'm not trying. The whole light magic is greater than Zelina's magic. All of that stuff probably shouldn't have worked, but you know. Also, I'll bet if Emma had thought hard enough, there would have been maybe some kind of magical defense against what was happening to Hook or, you know, she was supposed to be attacking Zelina. Maybe right. she could have actually attacked Zelina. Right. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It well, was it was a fail. I'm sorry, Emma. It was a big fail right after your verbal fail. But that's the whole thing. I felt like she was very distracted. They go walking up there, blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't have come. And then it's like, oh, oh, by the way, hi, guys. I'm here. This is
0: Alina. <laughs> this is I'm me
2: taking the fight to you.
0: Right. <laughs> and so convenient of you to bring the one person who can take your magic away from you. Oh, and by the way, Selena has a swimming pool?
2: <laughs> Wasn't it like a <laughs> well?
0: What no, was it? I think it was an above ground swimming pool.
2: Or like a pond?
0: It, I don't know, maybe for washing chickens. <laughs> 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 Our. Our show notes writer Jack What's
1: swimming, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Jack said, The problem with Emma is that she treats all of this as something she needs to do rather than something she wants. Ooh. Because why didn't she just use her magic to save hook? Oh mm. snap. Oh <laughs> snap. Why resort to the good old mouth to mouth resuscitation instead of using what she has learned from Regina? i do believe maneuver i do believe that emma is just as powerful as regina or zelina maybe even more powerful but she just has to fully believe in the world she's in
1: that would be consistent with some of the undertones not believing enough or not even wanting to believe enough to see the book that sort of thing
2: just a total non-belief reason why emma might not have thought to use her magic is just it's just when you're panicked you don't always know what to do right and she cares about hook and she was panicked so like there's even like in for real worlds now they're coming (laughs) up with like self-defense courses for women that are longer than just, you know, four hours on a Saturday. Because if you go to a self-defense course for four hours on a Saturday in an actual situation where you might need to use that, you're not going to remember what you learned in four hours on a Saturday. Like it has to be muscle memory. So they're right. Like they're coming up with these new things so that like people actually know how to defend themselves. And Emma's very new to magic. She was very panicked. She's up against this woman who makes Regina's power look like, you know, magic tricks. Mm -hmm. And she probably just panicked. And the obvious thing to do when somebody has drowned is to give them mouth-to-mouth resuscitation.
1: If only Zelina had instead tried to cut a rope bridge out from under Hook, maybe then (laughs) Emma could have done something.
0: Well, Emma was also emotionally involved in this because she was saying to Hook, come back to me, she's been hiding these emotions for a while as she does and she's letting them come out here a little bit so that's also uh, distorting her vision a little bit but now that she's lost her magic one of our other forum users suggested or said this magic has no place in the life she envisions for herself and henry so she herself uh subconsciously refusing to let her magic. She is let me try that again. Mm-hmm. So she herself is subconsciously refusing to let her magic resurface. After all, with Zelena out of the way, she sees no immediate danger and no need for magic at all. She herself said she wouldn't need it. Should Emma decide to stay and accept her role in her family and her future, her magic may very well return on its own.
1: That's interesting. It's very possible.
0: I like the creativity of the, the idea. I, I think what will bring it back is maybe a true love kiss between Hook and Emma will bring her mu- magic back.
1: You know, a true love kiss, maybe a, a spell in a bottle, and maybe if some of her parents' hairs land on her coat or something. I think that <laughs> kind of, just, you know, a pinch of this, a dash of that will bring it back
0: somehow. <laughs> well, then, as Zelina is attacking everybody at the hospital... Of course, it would be grumpy to announce, Incoming! Incoming. <laughs> was, mm, incoming. The, the hospital was a big fail as well.
2: They were very well organized, though. I gotta hand it to them. Other than the fact that she is <laughs> super powerful. They had a good little, like, three-tiered plan to protect that baby. I wonder what was making
0: the lights flicker. Because hey we've seen lights flicker during mm. a birth before when Emma gave birth to Henry in at the beginning, what we saw in the beginning of season three and we talked about that was it henry or was it emma that made those lights flicker well here snow is not magical correct so it could be the baby or every time the lights flicker charming looks concerned so i think this is what's really happening is during the attack when zelena is using her magic it's causing lights to kind of flicker but we don't see that in the other scenes i know so
1: i couldn't tell either i thought it was zelena But because of what we saw with Emma before, Mm -hmm. I thought maybe it was the birth. Maybe it's a charming birth thing.
2: But it didn't happen when Emma was born, right? There weren't lights lights there.
1: True. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the candles could have flickered. They could have. (laughs) But, you know, they're more compatible with a magical world flame.
2: The common denominator in Henry's birth and in this baby's birth is a product of true love. (laughs) True. Being being involved in one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Now, I can understand Robin Hood and the Merry Men being knocked down pretty easily. Yeah. Belle, I thought, got way too close to Zelina. I thought she was getting stabbed for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Especially the way Zelina was talking. But then, then she gets to Regina. Regina may not have been as much of a natural as Zelina, but Regina learned a thing or two. You might say... Over the years, she shouldn't be that much more powerful. That Regina can't even get off a shot or do anything. There could have at least been like a Harry Potter-esque struggle of some kind before Regina goes flying.
0: I'm pointing my wand as hard as I can. (laughs) (laughs) How Harry Potter should have ended. seriously. Harry Potter
1: (laughs) should have ended.
2: Yeah. I love, though, that like, okay, so Belle is so... Not afraid of Zelina, which I love, even though it's probably dumb for her to not be afraid of Zelina. I know. And then Regina was so confident, even though every single time she has come up against Zelina, it has been like an epic fail. (laughs) And then, boom, she just gets tossed aside and Zelina makes her way into the baby's room.
0: It was cool to see Dr. Whale delivering the baby, but... When Zelina walked in, he was pretty much useless. She just immediately put him to sleep. Well,
1: you can say this. He did as well as Regina. Yeah. Yeah. True. Maybe better. He didn't go flying quite as hard. (laughs) So, you know.
0: When Zelina gets the baby.
1: After she freezes people again. yeah. Yeah. Stop freezing people. Somebody find a way to eradicate that from magic. There's
0: a great (laughs) expression on the baby's face. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to go into the show notes and look at this for episode 149 of our podcast at onespodcast.com slash 149. The baby is just kind of like, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Maybe maybe, here's what you should do. Do not want. In the comments at onespodcast.com slash 149, in addition to responding to stuff that we say in this episode, also let us know, start your comment off with this, all caps, caption, and then write what the baby is thinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have some fun with that. Aww.
2: This scene, Zelina's just evil. she They've managed to make her into the only villain, I think, so far that nobody feels sorry for Or at least I don't. I I don't really either. I super don't after this scene because, like, say what you want about Regina. She didn't even really know the baby was, like, a player back in, right? Like, she didn't even really know. Yeah. Oh, I guess actually she did. And she sent her guards to kill the baby. Never mind. Well,
1: she sent the guards to just kill everybody. I guess she knew Snow was pregnant. So, yeah.
0: No, Regina wanted the baby. Regina knew that we're talking about Regina, right? About yeah, like season one? in yeah. the pilot. Regina, in the second episode of Once Upon a Time, is yes. when Rumple said that uh, the baby would be the Ooh. key. So yeah. she knew. And the guards were trying to get the baby, and they told Regina, after they stabbed Charming, they told Regina, the baby's gone. Oh, I forgot about all She that. asked about it, and they said it, first it was in the wardrobe, and then it was gone.
1: Because I... Yeah, okay. I had okay. been thinking, well... Yeah, you gave up the baby to protect yourselves. I forgot that they were destined to be killed on the way. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Okay, so maybe Zelina taking this baby makes her no worse than Regina.
1: Yeah, eh, no, I don't she's like worse. That. Well, she's no. worse. <laughs> she's not worse. I don't know. She's different. She's way less. I don't know. She's had more opportunity to have a good life even than Regina did. In some ways.
2: True, yeah. And she's just responded
1: in the worst ways, even where other people who might have been similarly slighted have found ways to not be that. Yeah. I mean, by her way of thinking, Balefire could have been one of the most evil, dark people ever. Because... He was abandoned, and he this and he that and other people got what he didn't have and blah, 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 blah. He didn't do that. Right. She is a villain.
3: Yes.
0: Now, our, our listener, Sci-Fi Girl, said, A few episodes ago, you mentioned the birth on Charmed, and here I was reminded of it again. On Charmed, they had many generations mm-hmm. of female witches, so mm-hmm. it was kind of a big deal when a powerful boy was born. He was, was even almost rejected by his ghost great-grandmother.
1: Hmm, that sounds very strange.
0: Anyway, look at how many magical women there are in Once Upon a Time. Cora, Regina, Zelina, and Emma were all born with magical abilities, whereas Rumpel had to acquire magic. In Oz, there are all the those witches, and the wizard is just a pretender, not to mention the fairies. Does magic come more naturally to women on Once Upon a Time? Is this the first boy we have seen on the show who is born with magic? I I wonder about Henry. Well, we know Henry has the heart of the truest believer. That's what makes him special. Yes. Right. I think that might be all that makes him special as far as magic is concerned. (laughs) I mean, he's a a special boy besides that.
2: (laughs) Well, he likes chocolate milk in his cereal. (laughs) (laughs) That's really special.
0: But I think this is a great point that, yeah, this is the first... Probably the first baby that is magical that's a boy.
2: And if I may add about Charmed, the way that that boy came to be, originally that baby was a girl and they went to the future to change the present (laughs) or something. And then they ended up not having that girl and the boy was born instead. And he was the most powerful that any magic had ever seen in in charmed that's weird so there was time <laughs> travel even that. involved in his birth um, like in his coming to be
1: i still want to be- see little baby charming arms waving and selena getting defeated <laughs> and like she did with the tree to save her adoptive parents
2: that 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 happened in Charm too. Oh gosh. (laughs) Like the little baby was super duper powerful.
1: Oh goodness. I was half expecting Charmed
2: this year. I I was half expecting little baby charming to have like a force field pop out that like (laughs) repelled Zelina because that's what happened in Charmed.
0: (laughs) Well that would have been cool. That would have been cool.
1: It wouldn't have given them much to do in the next two episodes.
0: (laughs) When Zelina has the baby and she's walking back to her house, which why didn't she just poof all the way back? to their place but she was humming this little lullaby it's hush little baby and our listener saskia said i looked up the lyrics and found a new version i'd never heard before that is very neat to go along with the storyline and it's the second verse it says uh, um Sometimes there's also a lover's version, but this one is hush little baby mama's near to brush your hair and calm your fears to kiss your cheek and hold your hand till you drift off to sleepy land to help you count those little white sheep and sing songs till you're asleep to tell you tales of kings and queens of Jack and Jill and wonderful things. So snuggle up and hold me tight and dream sweet dreams all through the night. And every night when the sun goes down, you'll still be the sweetest little baby in town.
1: If
2: only that is what Zelina wanted that baby for.
1: Do you think Cora sang that to her that one time when she walked her into the woods (laughs) and left her there for the storm to take?
0: Hmm. I'm
1: still mad about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But this little mention of Jack and Jill did make me think, hey, that could be two interesting characters to bring into Once Upon a Time.
1: To do what? Fetch water to melt a witch?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this is a foreshadowing, as uh, Saskia (laughs) is suggesting, maybe this is a foreshadowing of something else to come on Once Upon a Time. That either, like, we'll get to see more kings and queens, or maybe Jack and Jill, or anything else sometimes
1: a lullaby is just a lullaby but maybe yeah maybe you never
0: you never know charming is so quick to as soon as he's out of his little freeze state just rip off that um hospital gown and get ready to go for the fight and this is (laughs) this is the charming that reminds me of the the season premiere when he had baby emma And he grabbed his sword and went for the fight to get her to safety.
2: Oh, That is like my very favorite scene. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I love that scene. I have to watch it over and over whenever I revisit the (laughs) pilot episode. But they said here something that gives me a little bit of a problem. They said only the purveyor of the strongest light magic can defeat Zelina.
1: Rather than the strongest wielder of light magic...
0: Like, where are you putting the strength? Where is the emphasis supposed to be? And so now apparently Regina can do it too. Because Regina defeated Zelina.
1: Hashtag no curse required. (laughs) Regina could have done it in the Enchanted Forest. Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But she didn't have her son to believe in her, so she couldn't believe in herself.
1: Yep, that's true. Because, guess what? They're all supposed to be together, Emma.
2: (laughs) I love the expression on Emma's face. I don't know why, but when Charming was like, she took your brother, and Emma just has that, like, whiny face (laughs) that she makes sometimes. I don't know why I enjoyed that, but... (laughs) (laughs) It it is super sad way, but... (laughs)
1: whiny face. That's a good
0: word for it. Henry made a great motivational speech, though, to Regina about this, and even included Once Upon a Time. Yes, he did. He did. But I love that he remember, he's the one that said in the beginning, you have no idea what it's like to live with her and all of this stuff, and he was saying, she's the evil queen. And here he is saying, you used to be a villain, but you've changed. Mm -hmm. That's Awesome. And he even called her a hero. A
1: hero. Yep.
2: Well, and that's a long time coming. You know, she has changed, and it's been a lot of back and forth. And he's had to convince her to trust him and vice versa. And I really liked that speech.
0: As Zelina's casting this curse and everyone comes to fight, one of the things that stood out to me is that Robin – went to get Regina's heart and Mm -hmm. it was when he had her heart in his hands that Regina was then able to use the light magic.
1: I liked that a lot.
0: Kind of like a a true love sort of connection a little bit, maybe. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm Yeah. They're, they're super mushy, but I really like them.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I (laughs) like like that. I've got
1: your heart. Like, Oh, (laughs) that's great.
0: And it turns out that all this time, Little John was the beautiful one.
1: (laughs) Well, I think
0: maybe she just calls the monkeys that. Let's face it, at this point, she probably can't tell them apart. Well, this does work with the timeline, because it was in the episode Witch Hunt, the 13th episode of Season 3, that Little John was turned into the flying monkey. And it was in Episode 15 of Season 3, In Quiet Minds, when we heard Zelina refer to one of the flying monkeys as beautiful one.
1: But didn't she do it in the Enchanted Forest?
0: No, that was, uh, oh, wait a minute. I think she did in the castle. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused now. I think she might've said gorgeous one.
1: Uh, whatever. I don't know that. Well, okay. Maybe she names the monkeys, stupid things like beautiful and gorgeous, just to.
0: And good looking and uh, handsome. (laughs) Attractive. Magnificent.
1: (laughs) I love the way she said that though. She was so, she was so Proper in the midst of this battle. She's like, if you would, you know, kill, maim, whatever you do, bite, scratch.
2: I felt as though Rumpel was trying to save them from the monkeys and from Zelina by just kind of like whisking them into the hay bales every now and then whenever they got a little (laughs) bit too close because he was was telling them what to do as he was doing what Zelina wanted him to do, so i was
1: yeah that it was like he was coaching them i thought that was kind of fun mm-hmm. i did think it was a little irritating to have them point out this week that these creatures are our friends after they killed seven of them without a second thought last week yeah
2: okay but they they, ha- they didn't have yeah i guess they didn't yeah. have
1: as a choice this week either but right charming was like yeah i'll be careful i'm gonna lop off the head of that monkey as soon as i get a chance
0: and
2: he had fast reflexes
0: yeah where is walsh now because he if he's still alive he would be a person again
1: christopher gorham was in the credits
0: his voice because of the wizard
1: oh okay all right i was like yeah is he in the credits every week because he definitely did not appear right i maybe this is a stretch but i thought there was a lost reference in this scene as well when Regina was sort of being suspended in the air, she said, "Don't tell me what I can be."
2: Hmm. Yeah, she it sounded did. a lot I... like,
1: "Don't tell me what I can't do." Just <laughs> got shouted a lot and lost.
2: I liked that line.
0: And little baby charming now <laughs> is back in daddy's arms, and he can handle anything. Mm, um, makes me wonder if maybe a nod to what baby charming is uh, maybe capable of in the future and how that might tie in with i don't know what what whatever this baby is going to be named (laughs) which the name is going to be important we're sure of that that's why they haven't just told us the name outright yet
1: yeah but i still think it'll be neil
3: well, I liked that idea.
1: <laughs> I thought at the same time, I had I had sort of mixed feelings about the end of the scene because I loved Regina refusing to exact vengeance. Like, okay, yeah. you have actually changed. She gives Alina a second chance the way Snow gave her a second chance, at least one second chance. But then <laughs> they pulled out the heroes don't kill line. And... I'm sorry, but I think that servicemen and women defending any country would beg to differ. Exactly. It's not that simple. It's, they like to say it's not black and white. No, it is not black and white, and that is too black and white of a statement.
0: Yeah, it's, How, it's really, I think, a confusion between kill and murder. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Because
2: earlier she did say that that – did, didn't she say heroes don't exact vengeance or something?
1: Something yeah. like something that, along those lines, and that I agree with.
2: So I think she was just connecting those thoughts.
1: Maybe, but they've boiled it down to that statement before, and yeah, I would not like to see them push it
0: further. Yeah, it's not that we're advocating that heroes go and kill people all the time. No, absolutely not.
2: <laughs> right, but when you're defending something, that's a little bit different, right? right?
1: Right, like even moments before, Charming was about to kill the monkey, even though. He knew it could be someone they knew, and boom, it was. Mm -hmm. Right. So once the threat was gone, he was able to not kill him. He didn't just be like, well, Little John, you were an awfully evil monkey. Sorry. (laughs) Killing you anyway.
0: We were cursed.
1: (laughs) Good one.
2: I took issue with Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> blaming Zelina for Neil's death because Zelina didn't kill Neil. Okay? Zelina <laughs> did not kill Neil.
1: Yeah,
2: Neil I, killed himself.
1: I think he'd have gotten there eventually. With <laughs> or without her help.
2: Yeah. He paid a price for a bad choice about magic that he knew he was going to have to pay.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay?
2: Zelina did not cause <laughs> Neil's death. Period. Send hate to my Twitter. <laughs>
1: <Fine>. <laughs> and now, and now, everyone's paying the price for what Rumple did. Oh, yeah. Potentially. We'll see. We will see.
0: I hope. <laughs> when Regina went to visit Zel- Zelina in the prison, uh, it was cool to hear Regina being the one to say, Evil isn't born, it's made. Mm-hmm. And so is so good. It's good. Mm hmm it's really cool uh, transformation of her character i think to see her now really embracing that yeah i'm i'm a hero and evil i mean good is made and that's what i'm choosing to do now is make good instead of make evil
1: yeah yeah and she even gave you know she told her story she told it from her idea of what she was doing trying to kill snow and how she failed but she said that if she'd succeeded she wouldn't be in this world she wouldn't be with these people and she wouldn't have henry which means she puts obviously we know she values being with henry but she also values being in this world and with these people
0: now yeah which is a huge change Mm -hmm. what do you think was up with her putting the pendant in cora's heart box and then that smile
1: i don't Um, know because even the way that see that whole scene was great before that and then right at the end i almost felt like she might have started to get through to Zelina. and then at the end she's like because if you don't i'm gonna crush your heart now look i've got your pendant i'm gonna go put it in my vault (laughs) because wicked wicked evil i was what is that you're just making you're just making her harden her heart again it looked like she was starting to get through I didn't yeah. understand that. I didn't understand the way she looked when she put it in the vault.
2: I don't know for sure about the pendant, but I it reminded me of in the cricket game, I think, when they, did, they tested Regina to see if she was going to kill Snow even after Snow gave her a second chance. Um, Snow even said to Regina, like, if you hurt anybody else in my kingdom again, I will kill you. So it's... Like I, I get that even in your initial reactions, um, Jeremy. I think you were saying like, of course they had to add that back in. Is she good or is she evil? Like, whatever. But like, the, sometimes that's like as we said, defending defending people doesn't make you not a hero if you are using death as as a threat. Hmm. So it it just it yeah. reminded me so much of that scene. I think from the, the cricket she, game
1: the way she said it
2: yeah she's she's still probably like, very tempted by her dark magic yeah. side.
1: but yeah but it
0: was so much like and i'm gonna love every second of it well yeah. remember how this story arc started out is that she got so excited about zelena as an opponent because <laughs> she said it means i have someone else to destroy i know and i think that's part of what this smile was representing was that she felt like ha i destroyed someone yes that felt great And also in the background was, uh, not visually, but the music background was the Evil Queen theme song. I know. That was what disturbed me. Mm -hmm. So it almost feels like maybe a brief Evil Queen moment.
1: Yeah. Because like I mentioned in the initial reaction, I really don't want Regina to be either a hero or a villain, depending on the day, the weather, (laughs) her mood, circumstances, whether they have another villain to fight or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I want to see her completely redeemed and stay that way this time. Mm -hmm. But if they're going to change time, change history, things could turn out very differently.
1: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Temporarily,
0: you'd think, but maybe not. Maybe not.
2: I want to know why she didn't destroy the pendant. Grab a brick, drop it on the pendant. Now, like, uh, why would would you not? Mm.
0: It should.
1: It sh- I think so. Oh,
2: but she wouldn't know
1: that. She might. Regina seems to know everything about magic that she has no way of knowing. <laughs> she stand- she's the one who stands in spots in the woods and explains everything to everybody else that they've just encountered.
2: <laughs> okay, that's true.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Belle and Gold, I mean, yeah, Belle and Rumple have this beautiful reunion that. I, I know All of the Rumbel fans out there were thinking Beautiful, beautiful What you're giving me Is more than I could ever give you Lies <laughs> <laughs> But I will try You're lying
2: <laughs> Lying
0: <laughs> This This is trust No, it's a fake It means you trust me
3: With all your heart I do And I shall trust you with mine
0: lies take it
3: I am now and for all the future yours
1: it was practically a wedding they were practically married (laughs) Uh, Yeah, those were his (laughs) vows (laughs) she even said I do (laughs) it didn't even have a chance to possibly be in my top 10 favorite scenes from the series it could have been but it absolutely is not because of the lying there's also the small matter of the fact that he always had his dagger before neverland and i'm not sure entirely what the big deal is right now but apparently it is like they had their whole relationship and he had his dagger so her giving it back to him is just restoring things to the way they were before pan before the last moments of pan Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was that part, too. It just didn't seem that significant to me. I mean, I, I get it, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah. The whole was, scene wanted me. I mean, con- made me want to be a rumble shipper until and I'm not really that much of a shipper. But until no. we find out later that it was all lies. Until he torched the ship. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was watching this scene and I was like, I was kind of happy because I've seen Rumble Rumble fans griping a lot about, like, I don't think that their ship is shafted in any worse way than any other ship, but (laughs) um, they, like, I saw a post recently that's like, you know Captain Swan gets airtime and S- Snowing gets airtime and Rumble fans get 5 seconds and then it's done. And so I was like, "Oh, they're going to be so happy. This is such a good seed for them." And I was so excited. And even Jacqueline, <laughs> like I know that she is a big uh Rumbell fan and then I was like, "Oh, that's just unfortunate." Yeah,
1: it was it may have been short, but it was the best 5 seconds. Except that Rumple sits on a throne of lies. So yeah, but here's the thing. Bell thinks that she's going to possess the dagger and they're going to be married. That's a very interesting marriage. She will have absolutely no trouble with that honeydew list. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to know I should listen to that scene again because he doesn't lie, right? He He loopholes and he twists the truth, but that that's he's always been very clear that he does not lie. He so dies. I wonder, I wonder where the loophole He's a is. Liar.
0: Well, the bag from which she pulled the dagger was in the shop before she came in, so he could have switched it then.
3: Oh, before.
0: Or he could have switched it after he gave it back to her. She
1: brought the dagger. No, it was with there
0: her. already. The bag. She wasn't carrying bags in with her.
1: <sighs> Maybe she definitely had the dagger. That was definitely the implication.
0: Well, yeah that but so it's at what point did he switch it before or after this
2: I was watching pretty closely on that rewatch since I knew he switched it and I did not see him switch it
0: yeah it it was probably something that happened maybe after this or after he gave her the dagger then he switched it back and forth just like the follow the lady trick with the the Pandora's box Mm. I'm not happy with him
2: I'm not happy with him either
0: well one person we can be happy with is that the baby is back happy Yay. little baby
1: and yeah charming walks in he's like and Snow totally thinks that he rescued their baby all he did was manage to <laughs> not behead little john <laughs> but that's okay he went he was brave he had courage
0: jay by the way Sweet, J. Sweet letter J Is the little hospital room they're I was going
1: to say that's what people call oh. me
0: but <laughs> <laughs> Sweet baby J <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Maybe That's a hint to what the baby's name will be That it will start with the letter J
2: Neil does not start with the letter J
0: They're
1: going to name him Jiminy <laughs>
2: <laughs> James is also possible
0: James Ooh. would be kind of odd Because that's a bad guy be awkward.
2: Yeah. But did did uh Ruth name James?
1: We don't know. Oh, that's a good question. I wish they'd had twins. <laughs> did so, I not mention that was another? That would have complicated things.
2: Yeah, I don't know if she would have been able to magically poof two babies.
1: So Emma's power didn't return and I think it should have. But I kind of like that theory that you read earlier, Daniel, Mm -hmm. about maybe she doesn't want it to return. I didn't understand Hook's comment as though he's never seen her smile. Because I don't think that's true.
0: He's kind of referred to that before when they were walking in the woods and he had the whole conversation about, well, I'm glad you were hurt because that shows that your heart still works.
1: I'm... 95% positive that she at least smiled at him as they were leaving Storybrooke, if no other time. Right. And I'm pretty sure she probably would have smiled at some point, like when they rescued her son from Peter Pan. I I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It was a weird comment. Also weird. She's 32 years older than her brother.
2: (laughs) And the same age as her mom. So, you know. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, there's that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thought her statement, we won, was a little bit foolish (laughs) of her to to say. Um, Seems like it. No, you didn't. But then cut, and that's a wrap. So, you
0: know. (laughs) Yeah. Great season, everybody. Thanks for coming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but wait.
0: (laughs) There's more. (laughs) Rumpel went to... Zelina and the, the fear on her face when she realizes that Rumple has yes. the dagger was uh, scary almost. Yeah, Scaredy I even thought cat. she seemed a little softened when she thought it
1: was Regina. Mm-hmm.
2: And then he just started talking yeah. in his rumpel way.
1: May I start one last hashtag?
0: <laughs> Rumple ruins everything. <laughs> I thought it was going to be porcelain, Zelina.
1: No, that was horrible. <laughs>
0: She's even like, even though it's
1: Zelina, I finally maybe felt bad for her in that moment. Really? Thinking that maybe she was actually going to change and take that second chance and right. be Regina's sister. She did seem like she was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Powerless Zelina doesn't seem so threatening for obvious reasons. So she, I thought sure. it was kind of terrible of him.
2: Yeah, well, but he thinks that Zelina killed his son,
1: so and that disappearing effect he did and coming through the bars—that was actually scary. That was very charmed. Much more too. than if it had. <laughs> oh my gosh, charmed. <laughs> it's called blinking. Whatever. <laughs> fine, fine. It can be called I'm blinking. Just telling you, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I guess i don't need to worry about whether i would ever watch charmed or not because you're already watching it pretty much pretty much but anyway regardless i'd never seen it before and i thought well not in that way have seen through her eyes and seeing him disappear and then having him it would have been even cooler if he just appeared like in your face in the camera (laughs) that would have been amazing (laughs) and totally freakish but even the way they did it was good and yes
2: I wish that when he turned from doing all of that evil stuff, Bell was standing
0: there. Oh. Me too. Sorry,
2: Rumpels, but I wish that
0: happened. Well, the Rumpel fans are really upset at this. And really? a note from Jacqueline. So. Much. Anger. At. Rumpel. And the writers who made him do the stupid thing. <laughs>
1: How about a How It Should Have Ended? This scene, only right before he stabs Zelina, she kind of gets a smirk on her face, and he's like, what? What are you smirking? She's standing right behind me, isn't she? <laughs> and there she is.
2: Well, it would have been very much like when the curse was broken, and he made those promises to Belle about not killing Regina, and then... Belle ended up overhearing his conversation or overhearing something that he did. And then she had her like pouty little, you lied to me face, which of course he did. He's Rumpelstiltskin and it would have been exactly the same. And since we're doing things exactly
1: the same as other episodes, only different, <laughs> we might as well
2: throw that in.
1: So, So having watched Charmed, can you tell us how the season's going to end? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um,
2: it's possible that a grown stranger will come back in time to give them guidance on how to protect baby charming <laughs> so that he doesn't turn evil Uh,
1: that's
0: funny
2: that only makes sense if you watch Charmed <laughs>
0: there are a bunch of forum posts about this whole scene because a lot of fans are upset like feeling things like neil never would have wanted this and rumple shouldn't have do, done this and some people have actually even said that uh, uh his well slurpees 108 said all of rumple's beautiful redemption his character development and his drive are gone i call this version of rumple nihilistic The reason for his sacrifice in episode 311 uh, for saving Henry has been forfeit. His son is dead. Belle, who could have been his reason for living again, now gets the shaft by the man whom she loves because he's too consumed by revenge now. She deserved better treatment. I love Bell, I love Rumpel, I want them to be together in the end. I was actually touched by his proposal and the trust he placed in Bell, yet I noticed even then that he never actually promised Bell not to harm Zelina. And Rumpel is the king of loopholes. Why did this have to happen? And by the way, remember how Rumpel promised Bell that he wouldn't hurt Regina and he had the shadow or not the shadow, he had the race do it for him. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I can't decide how to feel, because the gut reaction is, good grief, Bell, move on. But then, you know, if there's reason to believe that he's genuinely repentant after this, then hey, why not forgive him? Yeah. It's not a direct right. danger to her. Well, except for the possibility of time being rewritten and she's never born. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. And he's ridiculous. Mm
2: -hmm. A lot of the same things that people were saying about when Neil died and how that it's like going against the show's whole happy endings. And, you know, another really common theme of the show is second chances. And this is like his 19th chance. (laughs) (laughs) And he's still Stiltskin. So to me, this kind of negates everything that he's done this entire season, which is what that feedback just said Slash series. Right. Well, he Maybe wasn't really other.
1: good until
2: no, but it was
1: it's supposedly season. been this entire journey for him.
2: Yeah, that's
0: it, true. It's kind of the way I see this is the person who has struggled with something bad for a long time. Like, They've been an alcoholic, a drug abuser, uh, anything like that. And they've worked so hard Mm -hmm. to overcome it. And they have overcome it. They've been clean, dry, whatever phrase you want to (laughs) use for a certain amount of time. (laughs) And then they get another taste again. And they fall right back into it. And the second or whatever time that is, fall is sometimes even greater than the times before that because they fall hard back in
1: sure i and i think that it would be one thing if he hadn't just said everything he said to bell and even made the gesture of giving her a fake dagger to actually instead of just sort of skirting a promise she asked him to make he could have just kept the dagger He didn't have to ask her to marry him right at that moment with the presentation of a fake dagger. He didn't have to basically twist the dagger in her in order to do this. He could have right back.
0: I've got something to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the dagger. Gotta run. Yeah, I mean, he could have he could have just done what he wanted and then gone back and been like, yeah, had to. Yeah. Forgive me. He wouldn't
2: have had to apologize for lying because he wouldn't have lied. He wouldn't have to, like, take back this whole, like, yeah, circle of trust, circle of trust, guys. Just.
0: Well, before we talk about the major thing for this scene, because I want to bring Hunter and Jacqueline on to join us to discuss that, I want to thank some people who have left some kind reviews for us in iTunes. Your reviews really encourage us and they help other people find the podcast too. So. Special thanks to Nico sixteen CJHFD <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and Leticia Santos, Mel Hope twelve, and Paul D twenty fourteen. Thank you so much for your kind iTunes reviews. They help other people find the podcast too, and they let other people know what you think of the podcast. So we really appreciate that. And if you haven't left a review yet, please go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. Now let's talk about the last scene and I hope this doesn't turn into another half-hour discussion about one tiny little detail, but it is a big thing to talk about. If it does, we'll just go
1: back and change it.
0: And that is (laughs) Zelina, Smoke Monster Zelina now. And so we have with us Hunter and Jacqueline to join us for this final conversation. Thank you, Hunter and Jacqueline.
3: No problem. Not a problem.
0: So, what in the world? Let's first figure out what's going on here.
4: Well, a vortex of terror has opened up in a barn. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i yeah. think that much is obvious
0: yeah a vortex of terror so Zelina is still alive because the pendant is her life according to glinda yes, yes. yeah so this the smoke is her spirit basically
1: in many ways whatever that yeah. means
0: in, in many smoky green ways yes so she goes in back into this portal does this mean she succeeded? Does this mean she's back in time? What do you guys think?
4: Well, something had to have succeeded. And the one thing that I'm still a little confused on is they took all the objects away from the spell, the compass. So if she did manage to open something up, I'm kind of wondering if it's not what she originally planned all along. Like the spell's going to go wonky because everything's not there.
0: Yeah, but we've seen something kind of like this before. Like, look at when they summoned Korra a couple episodes ago. That went really wonky. They opened the portal, <laughs> basically a portal. Yeah. Then it closed, and then they thought that was the end of it, but Korra was still there. Well, that's a good point. So, I think it's kind of, once it's opened, it kind of sort of stays open. <laughs> it's more like unlocked. That it's a like- Gash in the fabric of space-time. Yeah, and she had to go back to the exact same spot. As smoke from a pendant.
4: (laughs) No one knew she
1: could do that. I don't think she knew she could do that. More of a mist? Okay. More of a
2: mist.
4: (laughs) It was a mist that went through the town of Storybrooke, and somehow no one saw it whatsoever. (laughs) Because it it went, like, right by grannies.
1: Right.
2: Well, they're all celebrating the birth of
4: baby and there's no peasant randomly wandering the street <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just i sometimes i wonder what the peasants do at night
1: <laughs> i don't think of them as peasants in storybook somehow i don't know
3: <laughs> town folks how about that the yeah. town folks the co- the, well, the, the electrician
2: oh i like
1: peasants i well, think they're going to
2: <laughs> they're going to lie in king the new baby suit so everybody's gathered around the hospital balcony <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be an amazing scene except it's never gonna happen
0: well this is kind of the circle of life we're seeing if zelena succeeds in going back into the past
1: uh couldn't you feel the love tonight
3: i could just picture them standing on the balcony holding the baby out and the sun setting or something like that would just be hilarious <laughs> who, who would be Rafiki? <laughs> Archie, wise old man. (laughs) Yes. The voice of wisdom, the conscience.
0: (laughs) Hunter and Jacqueline, you two have the spoilers. You're going to be sharing some final spoilers for season three in a few moments. So it's okay if you can't really speak to this point. But
2: But don't tell us, because then we'll be spoiled.
0: (laughs) But uh, the question to all of you is... Is Zelina succeeding in going into the past, and what will this mean for the final two episodes, and maybe, by extension, season four? Basically, what's happening next? What do you think?
1: Well, I think that's a giant portal of letdown if she doesn't succeed in going to
0: the past in some capacity. (laughs) Right? The past is not the past. Dead is not dead. (laughs) They're not going to let this go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And neither will we.
1: But yeah, I mean, she opened it for a second time. If nothing happens... She's the worst villain ever.
3: Yeah.
0: Erin, <laughs> what do you think?
2: Um, Since you spoiled Lost for me and played that little sound clip, <laughs> <laughs> I am starting to feel like, like why else would they have done that with the sound clip? Unless they're trying to make us think that they're doing it so that we're thrown off and super surprised. But I, I don't want there to be time travel in this show, but I'm sure that I'm wrong.
0: Well, the only way I would go for time travel is if it's by trying to travel into the past, you create the past that you're trying to change. That's... I think that's a nice paradox-free version of time travel.
1: Yeah. Although even if they do it, at least it's extremely difficult. If for no other reason than... Snow and Charming don't have a baby every day.
0: Hunter, if you can speak to this without spoilers, what do you think is gonna happen?
3: Um, I really don't want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Let's
0: for Hunter and Jacqueline then skip what's gonna happen in the next couple episodes. Do you think this will have an effect on season four?
1: Yes. Yes. <sighs> I wish you had and asked that, that, that not, That's not a
4: spoiler. That's not a spoiler. Okay, yeah. I swear, I as of uh, two hours ago, I officially have no idea what's going on for season four. I thought I did. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that when you open a giant time-traveling portal and you have if this
2: possibility... that's what it is. If that's what
4: it is. I would assume it is, since that was Zelina's plan all along. Yeah, that was
2: the intent, so we have right? no reason to assume... Right. That, it's, that it's anything else. Right. But it's once. Right.
4: Anything could happen. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. I just, we've been talking a lot over in the forums about Back to the Future because that movie has basically been in the shadows this entire half. And mm. I think that we're going to be looking at some time travel. And I think that we're going to see some kind of change because you don't have time travel where they go back. And they don't you know, step on a butterfly and kill your grandmother. So <laughs> I think something will probably happen, and that's what's going to be set up for season four. I just don't know what.
0: Yeah, and it makes me wonder if uh, two different ways you could go with this. Either they get trapped in this time warp or different time zone or anything like that can happen there. Or everything changes from this point, and everything we knew is different. Every outcome that once was is now changed. Kind of like Star Trek. The mm-hmm. new Star Trek movies where they rebooted the franchise, like literally rebooted it and started over, and right. they even said in it everything everything has changed now.
1: Well, yeah, as in the other happened as well. Right. And this is new, which somehow worked for that particular franchise as they always refer to it
0: everything works for star trek
1: if um now the worst thing in the world storytelling wise is if you go through all this stuff for years with your characters and then none of it actually happened because of some change and they've actually forgotten and all the things that you kind of in a sense went through with them just ceased to exist uh you know it kind of worked on another show um we, we mentioned it before, Eureka, because mm-hmm. a large majority of the cast did know what was different. So things were changed, but, you know, they knew. So it wasn't, it didn't destroy everything that came before. Those things still happened.
4: I sort of feel like season four might be this alternative universe where everybody has forgotten has forgotten what has happened in the original timeline and everybody kind of gets a reboot. So if there's time travel and they all come back, there are like these subtle differences like suddenly Henry doesn't exist or Belle and Rumple never met. And we're either looking at a half season of them figuring out that something is wrong and trying to get back to the original timeline or we're looking at an actual rebooted series where this is our new reality.
0: Right. I kind of like the idea of a new reality where maybe all of the characters we know still exist, or most of them, at least. But. I was going to say, changed... can we
3: bring back Graham? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants yeah. to bring back. Oh my
0: gosh. Well, if they're going back in time, they have to allow that as a possibility now. But <laughs> it could be that very similar actions have happened over time but what's different is a curse was never cast everyone is enchanted forest including emma was born and grew up in the enchanted forest henry was born in the enchanted forest if he's in this alternate reality everyone is still in the enchanted forest and never left it could be kind of cool to tell that story from that perspective
1: so that would assume mm. that the idea of keeping Regina from ever having been born did not work. Maybe right, it or maybe be, it did. But then you didn't don't have Regina in the story, and that's well, just silly. It could then, be that it she was- also
2: don't have Emma in the story if they're going back to the Enchanted Forest back in the day.
3: Well, I was going to say they have to go really far back if they if that's what it is, because Neil went to. Our time, or I let's call it our time, current day, like a long, long time ago, because right. he first went to Victorian England, and then he went there. So you have to go way far back in the story to change it.
0: Otherwise, Rumple would be still trying to get back to Bay and still looking at. Mm-hmm. I need to cast this curse. She wants to be the one who casts the curse. Yeah, basically. Well,
4: Emma wouldn't exist anyway if Rumple never loses. Balefire, then he has no reason to put Snow and Charming together in the first place. He could care less. Hmm. So Emma doesn't exist. If they've managed to erase Regina, then she doesn't exist. And then Henry wouldn't exist. So we're looking at a loss of a lot of characters.
2: See, I've always, I I think I've even shared this on the podcast, I've always theorized that this series will end with Snow having Emma and they're not being a curse. Like a total reset where the curse being broken and the final battle being fought that was talked about in the pilot is that that happens. That Emma like that Snow and Charming get their chance with Emma to be what they wanted to be to be the family that they wanted to be. So this just seems super early because Mm -hmm. the show's not
1: over yet. I just think that would take away a lot of the happy endings that they've created. For example, Regina's. And Emma's.
4: I mean, no matter who Emma ends up with as a romantic partner, her happy ending is Henry. Her heart and her home are Henry. I mean, that... And if you... You can't have Henry without Neil. Right. So... I mean, that's a a cool idea, but that robs Emma of her son. And it robs Regina yeah. of her son. It might. It just
2: depends how they get there, right?
4: Oh, no. I mean, Adam and Eddie can magical hand wave anything into
1: existence. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, it would have to be, why didn't Regina cast the curse, which then let Emma be with her parents, and that could be because Neil, whatever, and blah, 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 and Henry was born, and blah,
0: blah, blah. And I really don't want to see them do some kind of reboot and none of this ever actually happened. Yeah. No, I that really would make us cheap. angry. That's, that's in the hall of shame for TV shows that have done uh-huh. stuff like that where, oh, they wake up after this season and it was all just a dream. It didn't actually happen.
1: And I think they know that.
0: Yeah. So I'm
1: I have hope. But, like, let's
2: look at this series. Let's look at every season. Season one. Nobody, everyone's trying to find each other. Nobody knows who anybody is. They're kind of separated, even though they're in the same world. But they're, you know, everyone's trying to find each other. Loved ones separated. That was the curse. Season two, Emma and Mary Margaret get sucked into a portal. Loved ones separated, trying to find each other. Season three, Henry gets kidnapped, goes to Neverland. (laughs) Loved ones separated. Season three, and so, maybe not the portal that we're seeing or the time loop or whatever is not going to affect everybody. It's only going to affect one or two people. And then those people are going to get separated from the group, which is very, very true to this show's theme, which kind of, I kind of don't like that idea because I'm getting sick of it, but <laughs> just because I, I want everybody to be happy. But, yeah, that's that, that's a possibility, too. It might not affect everybody. It might just affect a couple of people.
0: So this is our last episode before the finale discussion. I want to give each of you an opportunity <sighs> to make a wish about how this season will end. <sighs> so I'm going to start us out to, to let uh, you guys have some more time to think. My wish is... I want to either see this time travel thing resolved to show that it caused the problem they're trying to fix or give us an alternate reality, but make it plausible, not make it this whole reboot and everything that we just saw was completely worthless and nothing is worth anything and no one's relationships ever happened and all of that stuff. So either... Finish this out, this whole time travel thing. Finish it out in these two episodes. Or give us something else that we can respect as some kind of partial reboot. Jeremy.
1: What I think I expected, I don't know if that's a wish, but what I think I expected just happened. Now, I thought they might have a way of showing us exactly what might happen if Selena succeeded. But then I thought they'd stop her. You know, Mm -hmm. because they kind of have to. Or I thought she might... I thought she might change things for a while, and then they'd undo it. Uh, of course, the last time I said they didn't take certain kinds of risks, Neil died. Yeah. Felt a little responsible for that. Uh- <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea. Aaron, what do
0: you think?
2: I really have no idea. <laughs> but I really liked your idea, Daniel. Uh, I hope that the Zelina storyline is resolved in full. Even if, like, obviously they're going to have to leave something to go into season four. But I hope that we figure out exactly what's going on before this season ends.
1: I take it back. My wish is that wherever <laughs> we head for next season is logical. Yeah. And clearly not a hard left turn from where we've been.
0: Hunter, what do you hope for the season finale?
3: Well, I hope Regina stays good because I kind of yeah. like her like this.
2: Yeah. Because
3: I like her and Robin Hood together, that whole thing. That's really fun. And I really hope that Emma finds her happiness because she doesn't seem to be very happy. Like, if it's with Hook, I don't know if it's going to be that whole thing. Or, like, she keeps saying she wants to go back to New York, but if she finds happiness with her family, that kind of thing.
0: Jacqueline, what are your hopes?
3: My hopes are an impossibility,
4: and I acknowledge that before I say this. <laughs> <laughs> but I want Neil back.
0: <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say.
4: I, and you know what? I'm prepared for everybody to give me grief. It's fine. But, you know, my relationship with this show has changed a little bit since that episode, and I want my favorite character back, and I want my relationship with the show back. <laughs> so, yeah. I want some sort of magical time-traveling epicness where suddenly Neil is standing in the middle of town giving Henry a hug. At the end of this show.
1: no, And then a purple cloud of smoke comes. Wait Okay.
4: Don't ruin my thought.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking Charming and Snow at the end of season one. (laughs) Because they stood in the middle of town and hugged. And then magic came.
2: Okay. So Judy in the chat room earlier posed the question, what if Snow and Charming's new baby is actually Rumpel's undoing? Since... The Dark One seems to be in full force right
1: now and not undone at all. I think he's been undone and redone.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Possibly. But now there is another boy and if for some reason Neil is going to come back. He's not. And if somehow (laughs) if somehow that boy in the future of time travel leads... Rumpel to his son.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
2: Is that too much of a stretch even for this show?
0: Yeah, that's too much.
4: I don't know. Somebody came back because they threw a coconut in a fire. I'm prepared to accept anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were going to bury her and she must not have really been dead. That was stupid. A lot of the people in the chat room right now are agreeing that they want Neil back Uh, They want Aurora's backstory, they want more Maleficent, they want... Forget Aurora's uh,
1: backstory, I just want to know if she died as a winged monkey. (laughs) Word. (laughs) I'm sure we
2: would find that out while we are discovering her backstory. Maybe.
0: (laughs) Uh, And someone said, uh, Hook sacrifices himself so Emma and Neil can be together, that would be great. That's what I predicted so many times before and it turned out to not be true. (laughs) Sadly. But, yeah, there are a lot of things...
4: I have learned that whatever I predict for this show, the opposite will happen. So I'm keeping that in mind for season four.
2: So you want Neil to stay totally dead, right?
4: Well, that one (laughs) we can bend. (laughs) Well,
0: you're actually predicting
1: that he will stay dead. So maybe.
0: I am.
4: Yeah, there's there's no hope there.
0: Well, here's the thing. For you, it is the end of the podcast about talking about this episode of Once Upon a Time, but you can continue the conversation in two different places. One is if you want to respond directly to something we shared in the podcast, then the place to go for that is in the show notes, com slash 149. Don't forget to suggest a caption for what the baby is thinking when Zelina has the baby. <laughs> also... You can especially go over to the forums and join the conversation with so many other people over there at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And Jacqueline and Matthew Paul do a great job of moderating those for us and keeping the conversation going and uh, keeping it clean and everything else over there. Please make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast to receive every episode automatically and you can join us for the live show. If you're ever concerned or confused about when the live schedule is, go to onespodcast.com slash live and you'll be able to see there when the next live show is so you can join that even for our other podcasts that we host like resurrection had its finale recently and so resurrection revealed has some great conversation so coming up Oh good and uh welcome to level seven our marvel's agents of shield podcast has its finale and they're going to do a live show next week we've got so much cool stuff still coming up and we look forward to receiving your feedback. So you can send us feedback for the next episodes of Once Upon a Time. And since it's kind of a two-episode finale, what you could just do is either put the title of the episode, do this, put both the title of the episode that you want to give your feedback about, that specific feedback, in the subject line as well as the word finale. And uh, if you want to Send feedback about the two separate episodes that are part of the finale, then send two separate emails, and that would help with our email sorting that Corbin does. And you can send that to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903 231 2221 or go to the website oncepodcast.com and send a voice message through the site. Please connect with each of us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at oncepodcast, and I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the ramen noodle.
1: I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P H L E G O N.
3: I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Hunter on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust.
4: I'm Jacqueline. I'm on Twitter at Punk underscore bunny underscore eighty seven.
0: And this podcast would not be possible without our special team of volunteers who help make it awesome each week corbin for sorting our feedback jack for writing our show notes john Buchanus for editing our episodes hunter hathaway and jacqueline for providing spoilers which you'll hear some of those for the finale in just a moment jacqueline and matthew paul for moderating the forums jacob for help with screenshots keb for managing our timeline alias scape and aaron j for moderating the chat room and jeremy aaron hunter and jacqueline for joining me on this podcast and for you Being a great part of this community. And just remember though, if I were you, I'd consider creating a new destiny because if you don't, I'll be right there to take your heart and crush it. Mm. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to donate either a one-time, an automatic monthly, or a per-episode sponsorship to the show to help us keep the podcast running, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor.
3: Hi everyone, Hunter Hathaway here, and Jacqueline. And we've got your spoilers for Once podcast season three, episode twenty-one and twenty-two. This is the finale of the season. We've got two episodes. Snowdrift is directed by Ron Underwood and written by David H. Goodman and Robert Hall. And the next episode, "There's No Place Like Home," is directed by Ralph Hemlicker and written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. While Mary, Margaret, and David celebrate the naming of their son at a coronation in Granny's Diner, Emma and Hook are pulled into Zelina's time portal and find themselves in the enchanted forest of the past. But in their quest to discover a way back, they must be careful not to change anything or risk altering the lives of their friends and family, as well as their very own existence. So we've got a couple guest stars. In Snowdrifts, we've got Anastasia Griffith as Annabelle, also Catherine, Tony Mandola as Geppetto. Megan Ori is back as Ruby. Alex Zahara as King Midas. Christopher Gothlier as Smee. And Charles Measure as Blackbeard. In There's No Place Like Home, we have Keegan Connor Tracy as the Blue Fairy. Megan Ori as Ruby. Raphael Sabarge as Archie. Beverly Elliott as Granny. Sarah Bolger as Aurora. Eric King Leeside as Sir Maurice. And Raphael Alejandro as Roland. Lots of names. <laughs> Lots of people in the la- next two episodes.
4: And people we wouldn't have expected to see.
3: <laughs> yes. And just so you know, the seven dwarfs are all there. And uh, cut out a lot of names. Because there are a lot.
4: <laughs> yeah, actually, it's only six dwarves. Because Michael Coleman as Happy is missing. Ooh.
3: which Was he the one that got taken as a... Um...
4: That's Did he go same... missing earlier in the season? No, because in Witch Hunt, when we learned that people were being turned into monkeys, he and Grumpy are the ones that came and told Snow and Charming that people were going missing. So we never saw him get
3: taken as a monkey. So it might just be a scheduling conflict. Yeah. So. Okay, lots going on in this episode. Did you watch both the American and Canadian promos? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, we do see Emma needs encouragement, and Hook is there to cheer her up. So they've got more of a connection going. Okay, this says, what I can take it as, it's the celebration of Zelina's defeat is interrupted when Henry sees something weird. But I think that's really the coronation.
4: I think so, yeah. They're all gathered at Granny's, and from the episode stills that have come out for this episode, there are a lot of people in the diner, and they're all there celebrating. There are banners up. Everybody's having a good time, and then something's going to change, and um, they're going to go on to the, the barn where they see the portal.
3: Yeah, so the portal is open, and it looks like Emma and Hook fall through it. And they go back to when Snow and Charming first meet.
4: Yes, we are going to the episode Snowfalls, which was the third episode of the first season. Yes. And if you've ever seen the movie Back to the Future, which I mentioned in the actual Mm -hmm. podcast, the point is that Marty McFly has to get his parents together. Yes. And I think that's what Emma and Hook are trying to do. Something is going to shift in the timeline so that Charming and Snow miss each other, and then it's up to Emma and Hook to make sure that Snow and Charming end up together.
3: We also see Hook and Emma dancing, and then Hook gets in a sword fight, and it looks like it's himself. It is. He's going to punch himself. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. Isn't it the main rule of time travel, though, that you're not supposed to interact with your past or future self? Right. You're supposed to let the events
4: unfold and not actually get involved. And so the fact that he's punching himself and that Emma and Huck are going to a dance um, hosted by King Midas for the engagement of Abigail and Charming <laughs> seems to contradict all of that.
3: Yes. And we do get to see another wolf, but we don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting.
4: That's and what the I've last for- five minutes apparently are going to set up season four
3: somehow. Yes. Yes, I can't wait. But we do know at the coronation we will learn the baby's new name, and it will be significant and even unexpected. That's from Jenny Goodwin.
4: Yeah, Jenny said that she got really emotional when they shot the episode and also when she read it uh, in the script. So it's going to be a big
3: name. Yes, and there is no hint at all as to who it was. We do have a yeah. wedding this episode and yeah i have no
4: idea who
3: yeah we don't know who it is but they said it's a splashy good time or something like that they make reference to water so a lot of people are thinking that it is ariel and prince eric but they're not mentioned at all in the guest roles Right. The most popular
4: theory that I'm seeing right now is that it's going to be charming and Abigail's wedding, but somehow Snow, Hook, or Emma are going to stop that wedding. And that's going to be sort of the splashy, not with water, but sort of
3: splashy as in really dramatic. So did you get a chance to look at the photos? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk the photos. The red dress. Emma is back in time, and she's wearing this gorgeous red dress— Mm-hmm. And Hook is looks really good because he's all cleaned up and he's wearing a different outfit. Who knew he could get another clothes? Uh, yeah, I know. And I love her tiara. Sorry, I'm a princess girl, and I love that little tiara that she has on.
4: Yes, the red dress looks stunning on Jennifer Morrison. Um, and they kept and the- her in
3: the red, so like her red leather yes. jacket. Now she's got I was just a red about to say that. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs>
4: it's okay. No, she's totally rocking her savior red. They look to be having a good time dancing. They're even presented to King Midas. It looks like she's going to meet King Midas. Charming and Abigail are also there. Mhm. Um so it I'm guessing an engagement party.
3: Yes. Cuz um what is his name? Uh Abigail's true love, Frederick. Yes, he is not in this episode. Yes. At least Yeah. He is
4: still a golden statue in the middle of the woods.
3: (laughs) Then, in the other set of photos, it looks like Snow is going to be burned at the stake by (laughs) Regina.
4: So, there's some contention about who is actually tied to the stake, because in the high-resolution photos of this image, there are two images. There's one of Snow as a close-up, and... It looks like she's being led to the stake. Mm-hmm. And she has on her bandit clothing with the fur collar. But then in the high resolution distant shot of the person on the stake, there are some wardrobe changes, including no fur collar. And we know that the actress who played Maid Marian back in the episode Lacey did work for this episode, and that she spent the entire time with a bag over her head which the person at the stake has on. So people are wondering if it's really Maid Marian at the stake. The issue is that she's not in the press release.
3: Yeah, I could also... I think it's Snow, but maybe she was doing... um, The girl who played Maid Marian was doing body double work because Ginny Goodwin is kind of pregnant. Right. And she can't stand at a stake and not look pregnant. (laughs) Correct, yes. So, So that's a big possibility. And can I just say, I love Regina's dress yeah she looks good (laughs) she looks really good it's black of her signature color and covered in like rhinestones and sparkles Mm -hmm. and it's amazing it's a definite evil queen outfit yes do you have any more info
4: um well i do i have two things Okay. The first one is uh, from TV Line, and this came out today. They asked if Sean McGuire, who plays Robin Hood, will be joining the cast permanently. And Adam and Eddie gave a really non-committal answer and just said, we can't say, you'll have to wait and see. So, maybe, maybe not. I and might. Then- they
3: might not have said anything yet because there's a lot of scheduling that he might have to do. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's up for any other roles. I didn't look into his... IMDb page to see if he had anything coming up. So it could just be a scheduling. The TV
4: guide, lightning round number 13, just came out about three hours ago. And these are just some of the tidbits. Um, the whole interview, the whole questionnaire is kind of vague. They didn't really answer a whole lot, but there is some stuff. And the first one is that the Knave of Hearts, Michael Socha, will not be in the finale, which we had assumed he would be. Okay, The second one is that they said a definite yes to seeing Zelina after this season, which makes me think that she's really not gone for good.
3: Maybe she just gets stripped of her powers.
4: Maybe, and then it's about her trying to be good again. Yeah. How Hook Got to New York City... Is going to be talked about in the finale, but it's not going to be some sort of flashback to see how he got there. There will be more death, but Eddie Kitsis teases that it could be a major character, or it could be someone like Henchman Number 4. You just have to wait and see. Okay. And then um, next season, in Season 4, we will see more realms... And finally, they said perhaps to both seeing Dorothy and the Silver Slippers again.
3: Very cool. Okay, well, that's all I have. We hope you enjoy the season finale this weekend. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me on Twitter at Punk
4: underscore Bunny underscore 87. Until next time, Oncers.